Ready to elevate your fall fashion? Target's new limited-time-only fall designer collection with designers Kika Vargas, Laleen, and Sergio Hudson isn't just about great style for all. It's also all about great styling. With so many ways to style them and wear them, the collection's versatile designer pieces are meant to mix and match and become new staples in your wardrobe. Get a sneak peek of the new looks by exploring the fall designer collection now on Target.com before it drops October 9th. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, there's drama in Sweet Valley. And I mean that in a very literal sense, because it's, she's not what she seems. Oh my God, it's all about Lady Macbeth. It really is. And (laughs) somebody makes good use of their English degree. Whatever ghostwriter was doing this was... It was like they'd learned all the quotations, like me with King Lear for my Leaving Cert in 1993, yeah. and they were going to shoe them in just because they knew them. <laughs> so help me God, I am putting this knowledge to use. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should dive right in with taglines and blurbs, and uh, they are something. The, fr- the cover tagline is, is someone lurking in the wings? And for once, the answer is yes. I mean, and how? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And uh, it's a doozy for the back as well. Can you share it? <laughs> with pleasure. <laughs> it is simply Shakespearean tragedy with an exclamation mark. So you know they mean business. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Any exclamation marks in either the cover, the, or sorry, the cover line, title or back tagline mm. means there's going to be all sorts of shenanigans <laughs> so true <laughs> here is the full blurb Jessica Wakefield has landed the starring role in Sweet Valley High's production of Macbeth and suddenly she's too busy for anyone except Paula Perrine a timid new transfer student who idolises her at first Paula spends all her time fawning over Jessica and helping her prepare for her role. But before long, Paula seems to be better friends with Jessica's crowd than Jessica is! (laughs) Oh no! Oh god. (laughs) Jessica is pleased that her new friend is coming out of her shell. I mean, she isn't. That's a lie. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as she pokes her head out, Jessica's like, oh, not that far. (laughs) But anyway. But when Paula fails to tell Jessica that she's been made her understudy, Jessica wonders if Paula is trying to steal not only her friends, but her role as Lady Macbeth as well. Hmm? No one else, not even Jessica's twin Elizabeth, believes shy Paula could do such a thing. Can Jessica convince her friends of the truth before it's too late? Well, actually, kind of no. No, I I was slightly surprised by how this one shook out, I have to say. (laughs) Me too. Uh, But can you describe the cover? Because... I mean, this is this is a very, uh, I guess it's a poignant moment for us all listeners, because this is the last time we are going to see a, a sort of proper Wakefield twin cover. 
um, yeah. at least on this side of the Atlantic anyway. And to be honest, possibly every anywhere. Can can you describe it and, and explain why this is the last Wakefield for now? <laughs> well, this is it. Yeah. So it's kind of, as, as I'm sure you're all extremely aware, we are barreling towards the prom thriller kind of mini saga that takes up the last kind of six books up to book 100. So really up to book 94 is the classic like circle covers the James Matthews art the kind of the covers that you think of when you think of Sweet Valley High indeed Um, and this is yeah so it's book 92 but like books 93 and 94 don't have a Wakefield twin on them so and them being the last of the kind of classic style this is actually our last look at a Matthews Wakefield twin which as you say it's weirdly poignant yeah, and, and actually on this side of the Atlantic, the covers from, from here on, I know the American covers had action shots, but mm. they were by another artist and are frankly not nearly as good. But <laughs> over here, for some reason, they decided to go with um, every cover just had a sort of a small circular picture of the twins. It looks like it's by James, but then there was just a giant Sweet Valley High logo Hmm. and then there'd just be some like a photo of an object like a flower or a a werewolf claw I mean we're coming into that era listeners so hold your horses it's gonna be good but yeah that's so true like it's it was you know it was consistent I'll give them that but like Hmm. Jesus compared to the American covers we got absolutely like screwed over here because yeah I think we've described these covers before I think like the Murder in Paradise one like was Mm. one of the kind of crappy ones that I had which was like the the editions we got here in Ireland and over in the UK as well they also got screwed too Um, so yeah where the like the American editions had these lovely like fold out covers with amazing artwork and loads of drama going on we literally get like a little portrait of the twins up in the corner that's on all the books at that stage and as you say it'll be like some random like silky background with like a key in the foreground or like a bit of surfboard or is this something fucking stupid some inanimate object that's some way tangentially related to the plot and it's such a letdown when you compare them to the other editions that were out there it's just like why what did we do (laughs) I know I actually I feel I don't what what could have been Uh, though Though we do get to see them online now, thankfully. So uh, never fear, we will continue to describe the classic, Hmm. um, well, not really classic, but at least the action-packed covers, because otherwise frankly, the cover description would take two seconds and it would just be like, Do you know, there's this, an old box. It would, it would be the end of this segment, that's for sure. It would just be like, you know what, forget it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> just well, be like, oh, it's a telephone receiver. Who cares? <laughs> Next. <laughs> or a pop bomb. Or, oh. They were really stupid. I mean, if you haven't seen them, listeners, do a Google image search because mm. they, they're frustratingly crap it's true yeah I'll put up um, a side by side because I we we were very kindly sent some American editions by yes. listeners so I can actually do a, a comparison just to show you how <laughs> badly screwed over we were <laughs> but uh, anyway all this doesn't actually lead to any kind of description just yet of our actual cover that we have here which is still a good one so <laughs> let's enjoy it everybody describe describe a carrot give it give it your all oh, now God. we're enjoying no that last Matthews Wakefield twin <laughs> Uh, well look we're going out on a high at least because it is pretty <laughs> fucking great let's be fair um, yeah so it's Jessica and it is this mousy <laughs> depressing looking junior called Paula uh, she she breezes in here and gets herself on a cover the cheek of her um, oh. yeah who is she so yeah so it's Jessica and Paula Jessica has her arms folded and is kind of looking over kind of in 
shock, I guess. Uh, as mm. Paula, again, this isn't a scene that happens in the book. It's more the vibe, we'll say. It uh, is the vibe. Because actually. we've got, it's like a very literal interpretation kind of, of, or, you know, just like, yeah, an interpretation of, of what's going on, <laughs> but nothing as literal as this actually happens. <laughs> so Paula is holding a crown. Well, it's more of a tiara than a crown. Mm. It's like a giant tiara kind of. To be honest, when I saw this cover without any uh, proper context, I thought it was like for a Miss Teen Sweet Valley thing or something <gasps> rather than... Oh. Do you know, it was kind of giving me beauty queen crown more so than it Shakespearean. Kind of, <laughs> it kind of looks like it was made out of cardboard mm. by some high schoolers, which I guess yeah. is quite appropriate. So. Well, you know, that works. So, <laughs> yes, anyway, Paula is holding this crown. She's dressed quite fancy. I'm kind of getting, you know, it's it's not unlike probably something Lila might wear. She's wearing this mm. kind of expensive looking bracelet. Uh, her dress is this kind of mint green color. Um, I was thinking lime green. Like the triumph. <laughs> Although, actually, sorry, on the UK cover, which was the one we would have got over here, um, it is more sort of lime green or sort of mint green. Mm. But actually, it looks like the all the image Google image search of the American one. It's a more vibrant lime. Oh, it's a, it's it's a shade of green anyway. It is. Uh, yeah. So Paula, she looks kind of. I don't know, she's looking at the crown, but manages to look quite haughty sort of with mm. it. Uh, kind of eyes are downcast, but like, yeah, she's she's uh, she knows what she's up to. Um, Jessica looks unreal. Like, she looks so good. And I actually really like this outfit. Um, <laughs> like, of course, it's a silk shirt. I mean, of course it is. What else are you going to go out on? <laughs> you know, <laughs> But they're mixing it up this time because it's got quite a big kind of collar that's sort of popped up and it's a sleeveless silk uh, blouse I guess that seems to be kind of tied at the front um, like tied in a little knot at the front and it's really cute like she looks really good um, and uh, yeah she's wearing jeans with a big black belt with that her hair is all loose in the sexy waves that are her trademark apparently <laughs> Um, yeah, and her expression actually is not unlike, is it Liz's expression on the cover of Secrets? You know, the kind of <gasps> um, looking over in surprise kind of mouth open yes. kind, of, kind of look. Or there was a bit like this on a, one of the super thrillers, I think. Was it the Mad Bomber yeah. one or something? Again, it's, like that, it's that Wakefield expression of surprise at this stage. Uh, but yeah, great cover. Jess looks fantastic. Paula, who even is she? But you know yeah. what? She's causing trouble and you can't help but kind of love that. <laughs> oh, well, true. I mean, any shit stirrer in Sweet Valley is always, uh, always brings entertainment when it's sort of an outsider. We've got Suzanne Devlin vibes. Indeed. It's, um, it's, uh, it's always welcome. By the way, mm -hmm. I was thinking Jess's sort of side swept bouffant has kind of Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. Oh, it actually does. Very much in the fringe. Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's a lot. I I don't like Lisa uh, inspiration for Steve, perhaps. <laughs> well, uh, the book begins in uh, dramatically, and I mean that in the most literal sense of the word, because we begin with Jessica's voice apparently rising dramatically from behind her bedroom door, declaiming the words, look like the innocent flower, but be the serpent under it. Very apt. I mean, it's like it was written for her specifically. <laughs> <laughs> and for Paula, little does she know. Indeed. Yeah, she's met her match with that one. <laughs> 
Well, Liz complains about the noise um, and says that she's been telling Jess to turn the noise down, but she was too busy plotting the king's murder to pay attention. But Jessica declares that this murder is going to make her a star. Well, indeed, although it it is pretty clear that Liz immediately says, well, perhaps you could twinkle more quietly. <laughs> I did like that line, but I did not like that we're then told she can never stay mad at Jessica for long. <laughs> I mean, if, if only if only she would. Uh, but yeah, she never, ever does. But yes, uh, Jess explains that she's rehearsing for Macbeth um, because, uh, yeah, this is the production that the school are going to be putting on. But yeah, Liz, or she's kind of surprised that Liz is giving out to her because she's like, isn't English your favourite subject? Like, what's the problem? Mm. But Liz is trying to study, apparently. So, um, yeah, she's not too impressed with all this. Well, Liz, we get the twin comparison and uh, the twin comparison is briefly interrupted for um, by the news that Jessica is wearing a very frumpy nighty, and Liz says, hey, wait a minute, that's my new nightgown you're wearing, the one you said you'd never be caught dead in. Jessica just says, I know, it's hideous. But she had to borrow it to practice being Lady Macbeth. <laughs> She's method. <laughs> she said, it's the longest, flowingest thing I could find, even if it does have zero sex appeal. Harsh but fair, I'd say. I mean, come on. Even when they were describing the nightgown, I was like, God, did she find this in an attic or something? And no, Liz is like, my new nightgown. It's like, Liz, come on. Where did you even buy that new? <laughs> wow. The Victor. I mean, it's in keeping with her Victorian ghost look. I'm just happy that we've got it back, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember a listener found some 80s catalogue that was clearly like the Victorian ghost shop. Wasn't called yeah. that, but that was a vibe. <laughs> and that's probably where she got this. Uh, that's right. I think it was like... Jessica McClintock or something might have been the yeah. name of, of one of the brands. But yeah, very much prairie dresses, Edwardian nightgowns, like mm-hmm. hilariously, Liz was actually being quite current for yeah. her time, I guess. <laughs> well, the twin comparison continues. We're reminded how popular they are. And uh, we're also told that until recently, Jessica had criticised her sister for her devotion to her steady boyfriend. But now she has Sam and I couldn't help thinking... Three books, Jessica. Oh. Three <laughs> books. Oh, that God. is it. Jesus. Clock's oh. taken. <laughs> well, enjoy it while you can, Jessica. Uh, so Liz is shocked that Jessica is so obsessed with preparing for the play. She's, I mean, she's not surprised that Jessica is ignoring studying for a French test that they're hmm. having this week to do it. But Jessica really is taking this seriously. And um, as a result, of course, she gives in when Jessica nags her into one of your lines to help her understand the language because Jessica wants to impress David Goodman, who's apparently quite the lofty figure. I guess, yeah. I mean, look, they did kind of do some of the setup for this in the last book where they were saying it was like a, a, a proper like theatre company was coming to, to do some joint production with Sweet Valley High. But yeah, apparently he's a famous director. Uh, I think has he come from New York for this potentially? Mm. And yeah, he's a big deal, I guess. <laughs> but he is going to be both casting and directing this uh, production of Macbeth. Yes, and the um, the audition is on Tuesday and that's only two days away. So um Apparently, he's going to cast all the major roles this week. They'll have three rounds of auditions and there's, you know, a number of major parts and they'll uh, they'll all be cast um, in the first few days. So Jessica, of course, is pinning all her hopes on this. She thinks she'll be seen by critics and scouts from all over the land who will be flocking to a high school production <laughs> in a small California town. <laughs> That's how things work here. <laughs> 
Well, we cut to Sweet Valley High where Amy and Lila are joking about Jessica's new obsession because apparently she stood them up at the mall for Macbeth. I mean, very unlike her. She's really taking this seriously in fairness Mm. to her. But yeah, she is kind of neglecting her friends or at least calling ahead to say, look, I'm not going to make it. So yeah, they're they're not uh, too impressed, I guess, by her sudden devotion. But it is pretty funny because when Lila sees Jess kind of walking through the corridors while reading a book, Lila's like, is Jessica Wakefield reading a book? Somebody take her temperature. (laughs) I very much enjoyed Lila in this book. Mm. She's she's back to top form. True. but uh, Jessica is uh, is is torn away from her book uh, for at least because she's noticed something has something that's managed to pierce her fog of Macbeth. It's a mysterious stranger. Why, it's that thin, mousy looking girl <laughs> that was mentioned again at the end of the last book. Um, and yeah, apparently uh, Jess has noticed her that she's always staring at her these days. Um, and we get, uh, yeah, they're, you know, of course, it's it's these girls. So, of course, they're uh-huh. kind of mean about a stranger who is not particularly fashionably dressed. Um <sighs> Because, yeah, they don't know who she is. And Lila's like, oh, and from the looks of her, I'm sure I don't want to know who she is. Uh, Ah. And she just dismisses her because she's wearing kind of frumpy clothes. Um, Yeah, so they kind of just move on and talk about other stuff. But, oh, yeah, they they start recapping in love with the prince, basically. Of course. (laughs) Quite helpfully of them. (laughs) I do like that Amy says that she's excited about the play because she says nothing interesting (laughs) has happened in weeks. That's since Dana Larson almost married Prince Arthur. Oh, yeah, that's like... That would keep my school going for two years. Honest to God. Like, yeah, that's only worth a couple of weeks of gossip and then it's old news and Sweet Valley. (laughs) Hilarious. Well, um, Jessica says that if I can't be a real princess, at least I can play a queen. (laughs) Somebody else has set their sights on the role. And it's Lila. That's right. Yeah. So she also is gunning for the, the role of Lady Macbeth. And uh, yeah, she kind of reckons Jessica's getting ahead of herself because the auditions mm-hmm. don't even start until the following day. But Jess is kind of swanning around the place acting like it's already her part. Uh, so, yeah, there's a little bit of competition, of course, between Jess and Lila. And uh, yeah, she's um, yeah, she kind of says to her. Yeah, what was it? If I were you, Jessica, I wouldn't bother memorizing too many of Lady Macbeth's lines. That is, unless you plan to understudy me, I'm going mm-hmm. to get the role. <laughs> But Jessica's not worried. Mm. And after school, Sam collects her and he jokes about her obsession with the role, but she's taking it very seriously because they're meant to be going to the Dairy Burger, but she says she can't stay out long. And um, Sam jokes that he doesn't want her to forget her poor old boyfriend during her during her rapid rise to the top of the theatre world. And we're told never, Jessica said, gazing fondly at Sam. And I have to <laughs> say, I couldn't even joke about Never is not going to last. Oh, of course. But she wasn't a I know. <laughs> so they set out for the dairy burger and as they're leaving the car park, Jessica suddenly shouts, wait! And Sam slams on the brakes. And if I were Sam, I would not be happy about almost having an accident for this. Because oh, what could Jessica be asking him to stop for? Well, it's just Paula again. It's like, Jess, would you take it easy? Uh, yeah, so she kind of, she apologises to Sam and says, look, sorry, I didn't mean to cause an accident, but yeah. there's that girl I told you about. And it's like, really, that was urgent enough for you to slam on the brakes mm-hmm. <laughs> to make Sam skid to a halt in the car park. Uh, but yeah, she points out Paula to him and says, there she is, standing by the doorway, the thin, mousy one with the messy hair. And Sam is kind of like, yeah, okay, she doesn't look as sinister as you've made her out to be. So I says, Jess has kind of made her sound like this kind of creepy stalker mm-hmm. that 
that's following her around. But Jess is kind of creeped out and she says, look, she always seems to be watching me. Um, so uh, Sam just kind of teases her and says, oh, she's she's pretending to be your friend and subject. She's Macbeth to your King Duncan. But uh, Jess is like, uh-huh. yeah, great. <laughs> now we can think of nothing but Macbeth. <laughs> well, I guess there were a few Macbeth parallels mm. in this play. Um, so the next day, Annie reveals that she's thinking of trying out for the play and Jessica and Lila are like, you. Um, but of course, Annie's like, oh, I'd never dream of trying out for Lady Macbeth. You've got that in the bag, Jess. I mean, Lila's not very happy with this. <laughs> but um, yeah, Annie wants to to try out for um, one of the smaller roles and she needs something to occupy her because for various reasons, she's got a lot of time on her hands at the moment. That's right. Yeah. So her and Tony Esteban broke up recently mm. um, and her mother is in New York for work a lot lately. So she's kind of just kind of hanging around on her own uh, in the evenings. But like Annie, you know, she's popular. She's in this gang. So like, why don't you just hang out with your friends? But anyway, look, she needs something to occupy herself with. So I suppose it's just taking her mind off things. But yeah, yeah so she wants to audition for one of the smaller roles. Indeed. And uh, and I mean, in fairness, like half the cheerleaders seem to be going for the play as well. Mm. So, you know, most of her friends would be would be already occupied. True. Um, but Amy thinks that Bill Chase is sure to be part of the uh, get the part of Macbeth because uh, he's the best actor in the school. And we get a little uh, little continuity here, which I appreciate it. A little reminder of Splendor in the Grass. Oh, my God. Like there's a throwback <laughs> that you have to love. I mean, because that is really throwing it back because like Heartbreaker was like within the first 10 books, I feel like. I was thinking that. Yes. I'd love it if co- they were like, if they were like, remember when you were in Splendor in the Grass like two months ago? He'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 90 books <laughs> well it was just a while ago um, but uh, before Jessica could take a trip down memory lane Liz arrives with the news that uh, she's been uh, requested to do something by Mr Jaworski Mr. Collins! Hey! <laughs> Hooray! They're the faculty advisors for the play apparently and uh, guess who they've asked to be the student publicity director? <laughs> of course it's her. And when Jessica guesses straight away, Liz is like, how did you know? Oh, God. <laughs> like, of course they're going to be fucking you. But anyway, uh, Jessica's delighted because she thinks, okay, well, this is great because that means that... Um, Liz will ensure that I'm on all the posters <laughs> but then she notices her mousy admirer and Annie knows who she is yeah so Annie uh comes through with some information apparently this girl started a few weeks ago her name is Paula Perrine and she's in Annie's English class but mostly keeps to herself apparently um mm. but Jess yeah Jess has really been noticing her because she saw her twice yesterday and last week she was hanging around outside the gym after cheerleading practice and Jess is like I think she must be following me um and everyone's like okay you're just paranoid it's a coincidence chill out but then it is quite chilling because like her, when her yeah. friends weren't looking she glanced over at Paula Perrine again this time Paula Paula didn't look away and it's like fucking hell Paula so she's actually just eyeballing her from her table which is a little unsettling to be fair and actually I'm kind of impressed by the continuity because we're told that Paula is a transfer sophomore Mm. um so but Annie of course is a sophomore which I always forget she's here behind I always just assume they're all in the one year because they all hang out so much, but yeah, yeah. they're not. <laughs> so uh, it's audition time. And Jessica is a little bit freaked to see that Paula is in the the audience. Um, 
But she's she's sort of freaked in general. And Liz tries to calm her and distract her and mentions uh, Winston's apparently very impressive audition for the part of Banquo. And Jessica says, that nerd, is he planning to try out? And Liz is like, you are basket case. You just did try out 20 minutes ago. And he's not a nerd. It's like, how? I don't know how Jessica can continue to say that Winston is a nerd when he is literally dating a cheerleader <laughs> and is part of the most popular gang in school. Very true. Like he is pals with like he's in that awful fraternity like that Bruce and Todd are in. Like he's yeah. he is one of the popular kids. So yeah, it's it's really a reach at this stage to try and call him a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Class clown. Yes. Sure. Nerd. Yeah. No. No. Uh, of course, Pipey to Alpha Sisters will will know <laughs> that uh, last week we got to see Winston Vogue at a good point. <laughs> Truly, it must be seen to be believed because I, you just sound insane trying to explain it. I know. So uh, I ha- I have to say I kept thinking of that Winston during this um, during this book. But anyway, Jessica is all freaked out, and Liz is go- is just she's kind of getting tired of it because Jessica's big bit of pain in the arse but does acknowledge that all Jessica's work is um is is going to pay off because Hmm. um her audition was really good and Lila was good too but her lack of preparation was evident so Liz has faith in Jessica and then Mr. Goodman steps up onto the stage and he announces the young men and women who have uh, made the cut yeah, so he, he lists out, yeah, so this is kind of, this is the first round, so it'll be whittled mm-hmm. down further from here. But uh, yeah, for the moment, he reads out uh, the girls that have gotten through so far. Oh yeah, no, he says the boys first, and it's kind of like, yeah, naturally Bill Chase was one of them, and of Winston course. is through too. But then we get the full list of girls. So the ones that have made it through this round are Patty Gilbert, so nice to see her again. Yeah, uh, she's got a theatrical side, like she's That's a true, Makes yeah. Sense. Uh, Emily Mayer, who's yeah. kind of a surprise entry. Um, Jean West, hmm. Joanne Shreves. Who's she? I have no idea. <laughs> She's never been mentioned before. I don't. Now, and I know we say that oh. and are usually pulled Uh-oh. up for being wrong on it, but I really don't <laughs> think she has been mentioned. <laughs> um, then Annie Whitman. So good for you, Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lila Fowler, uh, of course. Then Jennifer Morris, who is Jennifer from. She was John Pfeiffer's ex-girlfriend, isn't she? Is it that Jennifer? Is not Julie Porter? No, no, it was Jennifer was in like oh. White Lies was like the John and Jennifer book. Oh, that's true. Julie okay. is the musician, yeah. I think, isn't she? She is, um, she is. Then Dee Dee Gordon, uh, Rosa Jameson, nice to see Yay. her too. And Jessica Wakefield. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, that night at the Casadol Wakefield, Jessica raves on about how great she was at the audition and Stephen rolls her eye, his eyes. Apparently he's been hanging out in the Casa a lot, often, uh, lot um, recently because, you know, he's single and hasn't met any more Trisha lookalikes. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> he's single and not ready to mingle unless she looks exactly <laughs> like his dead girlfriend. <laughs> Kara who? <laughs> well, we're told that like their father, he was tall and dark haired. Oh, and God. in fact, Jessica, an expert in such matters, often said he was the best looking boy in town. Because that's a very normal thing to say about oh, your brother. God, why? <laughs> saying it often. Stop it, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Liz tells them that she's decided to hold a contest um, to design the poster. And um, uh, Stephen has a warning about the play and says, both of you weird sisters had better be careful. Okay, I did like that in fairness to Stephen. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Um, yeah, so he very dramatically uh, starts whist- like his voice sank to a whisper. Have you heard about the Macbeth curse? <laughs> so he tells about the whole like the Scottish play, mm. um, you know, thing. Which, <laughs> well, I don't know what to call it. It's just like, is it superstition, but kind anyway. of a tr- tradition more so, probably, yes. but kind of I'm superstition. Good. Yes, I that's, guess, yeah. that's it. Um, so he gives. We get a little. You know, bit of I don't even know is this exposition. I guess this is more of the I've done my research or yeah, yeah. I did my English degree and you're gonna learn all about it. Because <laughs> yeah. he tells them that like women uh, didn't play on the stage in Shakespeare's days; so it was all played by men. And um, he uh, he jokes about the role being too dangerous for Jessica, but li- Jessica would risk any curse when Liz reveals that uh, it's going to be a sort of a gala press event. <laughs> Yeah, apparently. Uh, look at um, yeah. So she had a meeting with the faculty advisors. Uh, the Sweet Valley News has agreed to publish an article about the play. Which, fair enough, it's the local paper that's yeah. grand. But they're hoping that the LA Times and some of the other big newspapers will send reviewers on opening night. Maybe even LA Arts Magazine. Like, what? Why would they be coming to cover a high school production? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because there's this big director involved and has a bit of clout or whatever. But still, like, come on. <laughs> ridiculous. Speaking of things that are ridiculous, uh, Stephen changes the topic and mentions, and this is all relevant to the next book. The their next door neighbours, the Beckwiths, are moving. The one of them has been transferred to um, to Washington D.C., so they're sort of out straight away. And Jessica hopes that they'll end up with someone uh, with a neighbour who's a who's got a gorgeous teenage son. And when Stephen asks about this Woodruff character, you're supposed to be in love with. <laughs> Jessica says that she, she didn't just want to date anyone else, but she can't she still appreciate beauty when she sees it? <laughs> can, can, can you share Stephen's response? Oh God. Yeah, so Stephen goes, that's all we guys are. Decorations. You value us only for our pretty faces and tanned bodies. Exactly, said Jessica and Elizabeth together. And then, like, as if that wasn't bad enough, it just gets worse from there. <laughs> uh, am I going to have to read it? <laughs> well, I can take over if it's too much for you. It is. It's too gross. <laughs> it really is. Jessica says, as much as I'd like to stay here and admire your pretty face and tanned body. <laughs> she has to get upstairs and memorize a scene for the audition. And when uh, Ned and Alice ask about studying for her French test, she she says in a lofty Shakespearean style that she'll study for that too, and says, "Good night, sweet parents. Parting is such sweet sorrow." <laughs> So we cut to Wednesday. There's another round of auditions and Jessica knows that she's good. Um, she has to run a scene with Bill and you know the chemistry is there on stage. The just, it's, it's all coming together. And she's, mm. she's briefly distracted by Paula coming into the, 
the auditorium, but she returns to the scene and um, afterwards she joins Liz, who asks if she can leave her the Jeep because she has to stay home for a publishing meeting. Um, But Jessica has to get home straight away to revise her lines. And Jessica is, uh, or sorry, Mr. Goodman reads out the cast list. And while they haven't chosen who's playing who, they have chosen the big names for the night. Yeah. Uh, so this is it. The, the third and final audition will be Friday morning. And that's the one that will determine uh, what role each person is going to play. So the boys that have gotten through now this round or have been cast are Tom McKay, uh, Bill Chase, Winston Egbert, Ted Jensen. Who was he? I don't name like named well, characters except for was this randomer because there was like a Tad Johnson wasn't there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like someone could remember and threw in something approximately <laughs> like that. Uh, Aaron Dallas and Andy Jenkins. So nice yeah. to see Andy as well. Um, nice to see him. We, then, just yeah, been abandoned in the God, I know. book of the month bin. Jesus. Uh, yeah, and then the following five girls also move on to the next round, and those are uh, Annie, Lila, Dee Dee, Rosa, and Jessica. <gasps> she's in the lead. She did well, it. She, she's got a leading role. She's in the running for one of the big spots, anyway. Yeah. Yes. So Lila says, May the best Lady Macbeth win <laughs> and suggests a trip to Lisette's. But Jessica turns it down because she really is very focused at the moment. And she does feel a pang in doing so, but she thinks the play has to come first. Mm. So she speaks, uh, or sorry, she sees Mr. Goodman speaking to one of his assistants, who's a cute, muscular, blonde guy. <laughs> She figures he's some sort of college intern. <laughs> um, well, she and she, you know, hopefully make a good impression on him too. But um, when she leaves, uh, she she finds Paula outside, and she's finally had enough of Paula just sort of hovering around. So she says, "I've seen you watching watching me," and Paula responds, "Oh yes," fervently. We're told, "I have been watching you. Who wouldn't? I think you're just great." And most of us would be very freaked out by this, but not Jessica. Well, no, this is it. We know this about Jessica. The way to get her on side is to just pay her compliments, and she'll just be like, "Oh yeah, actually, you are a good person," uh, because literally she'd started to walk on and then stopped when Paula said this, and it's like. The girl was a little weird, but maybe she wasn't all bad. <laughs> so Paula just continues to butter her up and is just like, I know you'll get the part. I love the theatre and I can tell you're meant to be a star. And Jessica's kind of like, OK, is she for real? Because I guess she is laying it on pretty heavy. Mm, um, but they kind of walk together through this car park anyway. And Paula, uh, oh no, Jessica kind of says it's Paula Perrine, right? And she's like, oh, wow, I don't believe Jessica Wakefield actually knows my name, cried oh. Paula. Like, it's extremely over the top. But I love that this is all just very, this is a normal Tuesday for Jessica Wakefield. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the rest of us would be freaked out by somebody saying, you and your friends are so beautiful and so popular. I didn't think you'd ever know she's somebody like me. <laughs> and uh, Jessica's like, I mean, she is a bit like, okay, well, it was nice to meet you. And Paula says, oh, the thrill is all mine, I swear. I mean, Paula is hilariously cartoon. Whatever she's doing, she's either like, I'm terribly humble, you know, oh, little old me, or she's like very heavily laden, you know, double entendres, like, oh, yes, I will see you on stage, that sort of, you know, like heavy with foreshadowing. 
And I enjoy it all. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Like we're fully here for it. But yeah, it is funny that even the flattery, it's even a little too much for Mm. Jessica who like thrives on that kind of attention. But even she's kind of like, okay, I'm going to (laughs) go. We cut to the cafeteria the next day where Winston is waxing Shakespearean as he uh, cries, I am new to toe frog, wool of bat and and tongue of dog. He's figured out what they put in the Sweet Valley Canteen sandwiches. (laughs) Um, So Lila jibes that Jessica will end up playing one of the witches. And uh, she's sort of joking joking around, but uh, Amy tries to sort of lighten the mood. But Jessica is just not the mood for joking. She just says, I told you all. I'm going to play Lady Macbeth. Wait and see. And we're told that Elizabeth thought her twin's voice sounded strangely intense. It sounds terrifying if you ask me. Quite uh, frightening, yes. But look, she is highly focused. And in fairness to her, she's putting the work in. Like, she really is uh, giving all her attention to, like, at the expense of her schoolwork, obviously, which isn't Mm. ideal. But, like, for once, like, one of her kind of flights of fancy, she actually is putting in the actual work for it. True. Okay, fair enough. Hmm. Well, uh, Liz uh, has plans because Mr. Um, Goodman and his team are going to judge the competition to to design the best poster. So Liz suggests that people who want to take part in the competition should come over for a sort of work session at the Casa at the weekend. And uh, Olivia and Dee Dee and David Prentice are all entering. He's got four. I mean, I know he was, you know, needed to read up on orientalism but we do know that he's good at designing posters Mm. so uh and so is olivia um so i mean as a designer yourself karen i mean the the (laughs) listeners have seen your terrifying (laughs) credit union ads you you give them a run for their money oh you want a creepy poster is it (laughs) say no more lads say no more i've got this (laughs) oh you didn't want a creepy poster okay (laughs) well you've got one anyway that's what's happening Well, Annie's going to join in too. Um, and Lila invites Jessica to the beach, but she was planning to watch the movie version of of um, Macbeth at Sam's house. And Winston says, I never thought I'd say this to Jessica Wakefield, but lighten up. Methinks the lady doth work too much. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they're reworking all the quotations they learned for some English test in like 1992 and as someone who did the same thing I say go for it (laughs) absolutely I think this probably came out the year I did my leaving search so uh, yeah I I feel a sort of a strange kinship with this person who is clearly just just shoveling in those Macbeth quotations Well, just as Liz makes a joke about Jessica not working in her classes as much as she might be working in um, on the play, uh, we see that somebody's hovering next to the table and Jessica finally gives in and greets Paula. She does. So she, uh, she says hello to her and says, oh, do you know everyone? Oh, yes, said Paula, almost in a whisper. Everyone knows who all of you are. <laughs> So creepy. <laughs> She's hilarious. <laughs> oh god! But uh, Liz is just like, oh my god! I've never seen anyone so shy. Uh, mm. And Jess kind of 
looks at Paula, uh, like waiting for her to get to the point, I guess, you know, to to say why she's after coming over or does she have something to say or whatever. But Liz kind of jumps in because I guess there's a bit of a silence stretching on now. So she invites Paula to join them at the table. Um, and Paula's like, no, no, oh, I couldn't possibly, oh, as you say. It's like, oh, oh me? No, never. <laughs> um, so she wants to, she comes over because she says she wanted to ask Jessica. She says, you know, I know you'll get the part anyway, but if you'd like, I could go over your lines with you before the last audition tomorrow. You know, if you want me to. And Lila kind of rolls her eyes. But Jessica, of course, just loving the attention is like, thanks, Paula, that'd be great. Uh, and then says, that she could use some help uh, because her sister has been much too busy writing her newspaper stories to be much help to her lately. Um, so yeah, she invites Paula over to the Casa del Wakefield, quite the honour, uh, mm. to run lines with her because I guess she is that focused on the play that she's like, if someone's going to offer to help me, I'm going to take yeah. them up on it, no matter how thin and mousy and boring they look. <laughs> yes. And actually Paula says, I would ask you over to my place, but we're we're remodelling and it's all a mess. Mm. Um, so, uh, I mean, as we know in Sweet Valley, when somebody says that they're getting work done on their house, they're lying. We have, have something to hide. Yeah. <laughs> There's always something to be hiding there. <laughs> so as Paula scurries away. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> Lila says, did you see that get up she was wearing? Polyester. Ugh. She has no taste. And Jessica says, you're just jealous because you think that it, she, I, she thinks I'd make the best Lady Macbeth. And Lila says, as I said, she has no taste. No taste whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Lila is seriously, she's she's everything we want Lila to be in this episode. It is nice to see her kind of having bounced back somewhat mm-hmm. at this stage, yeah. Well, later, Jessica raves to Sam about the cast list going up the next day. And he's nice and supportive, but he dismisses her fear of a curse and mm-hmm. reminds her how, you know, she was freaking out about Paula a couple of days ago and she was wrong about that. And Jessica says that uh, it's nice having someone around who only wants to make me happy, unlike her <laughs> friends. Jesus. I'm going around with their opinions and <laughs> rights. Oh, the worst. <laughs> So Jessica is like, she's really serious about this. She says, I'll just die if I don't get to be Lady Macbeth. We cut to the cafeteria the next day and Annie invites Paula to sit with them. And of course, initially Paula's like, oh no, I'd be imposing. And Lila eyes her out of style pantsuit. It's a very odd thing to wear to school. Isn't it? Just wandering around like Hillary Clinton. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) It says, well, if you insist... Uh, and we're told that whatever Annie and Jessica thought of Paula, Lila Fowler was not into charity cases. <laughs> I mean, very harsh. Well, it's, yeah, true. It's quite funny. I mean, it wouldn't you be know. funny in real life, but, no. you know. <laughs> so uh, apparently Jessica's off running lines with Bill. So um, the others are kind of baffled because, like, they haven't announced who's playing who. So... <clears throat> You know, why are they rehearsing? And Paula's like, a real artist never stops perfecting her art. To which Lila says, what's Jessica's excuse? (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty great. But then Paula, like straight away, is like, you've such a terrific sense of humour, Lila. It's like, if I didn't know how kind and understanding you are, I would almost think you were serious. So she's very kind of, as you say, kind of playing both sides of things. Mm. And it's all very knowing kind of the way she talks. If it's not her, her doing her kind of, oh, no, I couldn't possibly kind of act then it's this kind of weirdly wry kind of (laughs) way that she has of saying stuff well Lila says that Jessica has competition for the role of Lady Macbeth and Paula basically plays Lila like a violin 
Oh, like completely. Yeah. Like she really she knows how to get people on side um, because, yeah, Paula does again starts buttering up Lila. And that's how you that's how you appease these popular girls. <laughs> Just tell them they're great. So she kind of says, you know, Jessica is a very sensitive actress, but I've seen your auditions and I think you've got more range than she does. Maybe you should consider one of the more difficult roles. And Lila's like, mm, I don't know, I might. But like she kind of questions then why Paula isn't trying out for anything, because she seems to be really interested in theatre and in the whole process. So she's like, why aren't why aren't you trying out for anything? Well, Paula comes, reveals her uh, her tragic tale. She uh, she says, for me, it's enough to just be close to the theatre. Says, when I was a little girl, my family moved around a lot, so I never had many friends. And then she says that her parents used to fight, and the only way to escape was to pretend she was someone else. For hours, she'd make believe she was in her own magical world. I'd pretend I was a powerful queen or a beautiful genie. Very specific there. True. Maybe she just really liked I Dream of Jeannie. I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but well, yeah, we're told that, that normally Lila wasn't interested in people who went on about themselves like this. <laughs> but Paula was different. So uh, probably the first time she saw a play, changed her life, but she's too shy to act herself. Um, that's her backstory for now. Mm. And Amy makes a remark about how the lunch is terrible and Lila or Paul is all like, oh, would you like these cookies I brought, Amy? Oh, I just happen to have them with me. And then she asks Lila for a favour. Yeah, she says that, uh, you know, again, with the compliments, she's like, everyone says you're a terrific tennis player, Lila, uh, and says she could really use some pointers on her serve. So she asks if they could play together uh, tomorrow. Um, and of course, Lila's like, yes, I am amazing. You're totally right. And you've come to the right place. <laughs> uh, and I'd be happy to show you how it's done. So then Amy kind of pipes up and says to make it doubles uh, because she's gotten a new racket and wants to try it out. So she invites Annie along. Um, but Annie's like, oh, I'm not very good. Maybe you should ask Jessica instead. And Paul is like, of course, I'd love to play tennis with Jessica. But you know how busy her schedule is. Uh, I'm rehearsing with her in the afternoon. She'll be going over lines by herself all morning. So she kind of talks them out of inviting Jessica, but very deftly in a way that doesn't look super suspicious. Because, you know, they all know that Jessica is laser focused on this play. So Lila's like, yeah, you're right. Even if we did get her to come, she'd just talk about the play the whole time. She was more fun before. So she's like, the four of us will have a better time without her. So Annie agrees to come too. So now they've got this kind of tennis date on the go for, for them to play doubles with no no Jessica involved. No, no mm. Jessica. Mm. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> well, we cut to the auditorium where um, Chrome Dome has called an assembly to read out the cast. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on in this school. So, and of course, Liz has to jump up and give a little speech about the promo and the competition and everything. So, and when Jessica has her hopes up thinking Mr. Goodman's going to be on first, when she sees it's there, she just like slumps back down in her seat, which I like. <laughs> um, but finally, Mr. Goodman turns up and he reads the, the list. And it's a pretty good cast. Macduff will be Andy. Aaron Dallas will be Lennox. Tom McKay plays Ross. Banco will be Winston Egbert. And Macbeth will, of course, be Bill. Hmm. And then we move on to the girls. So uh, the part of Hakati will be played by Dee Dee. The three weird sisters will be Annie Whitman, Rosa Jameson, and Lila Fowler. <laughs> and oh. that can only mean one thing. Well, that means the part of Lady Macbeth will be played by Jessica Wakefield. Yes, screamed Jessica. No, screamed Lila. <laughs> Magnificent. Oh, it's so good. Oh, good. Um, and Jennifer Morris will be Jessica's understudy. Mm. 
So uh, Lila is enraged and she's like, I'm not playing a witch. But uh, Amy winks at Winston and Maria behind Lila's back and is like, well, you know, it'll be a stretch, but you're a good enough actress to pull it off. I can't think of a better way to showcase your talents. And I swear to God, these girls are so easily manipulated. (laughs) Lila softens. "Mm, I guess I could think about it. Oh God. Like literally all you have to do is tell them they're great and they'll just be like, yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll do whatever yeah. the thing is. <laughs> Basically, yes. Yeah. So Lila and Amy are uh, heading off to Casey's to celebrate uh, or commiserate, I guess, in mm-hmm. Lila's case. But Jessica has to study French um, to make up for the test. And uh, Paula says that, um, you know, they invite her along, but she says she's going to help Jessica rehearse when she's finished studying. And Paula congratulates her on getting the, the big part and says, I feel like I'm learning so much about acting just from watching you. <laughs> She's such an entertaining villain. She's great. <laughs> well, we cut to the Spanish styled kitchen where Elizabeth is saying, Ouch, damned spot! Because. <laughs> They will never miss an opportunity to shove in some Shakespeare. Oh, God, absolutely not. I mean, she's doing the washing up, so it kind of works. <laughs> well, that's true. She's scrubbing a uh, a walk. Um, so Jessica is uh, is running through her lines with Paula in the den, but she there's a phone call from Sam. So she stays on the line for, for so long that Liz decides to bring Paula a snack because she's just like stuck there on her own. Mm. Um so she heads into the den with Prince Ar- Albert in tow. Yay. I do like Prince Albert is in this book a lot, which I like. Yeah, actually, yeah. that And it is lovely to see him because even though our last book was all about a prince, it wasn't Albert, unfortunately. It was Arthur. But lots of listeners, I think, kept picturing Prince Albert <laughs> rather than a Santadoran teenager. It was a golden retriever. <laughs> the true prince for heart. It's true. But when Liz ter- looks into the den, uh, surprise meets her eyes and her ears. Well, there you go. Yeah. So apparently the shy, awkward girl was gone. In her place was Lady Macbeth, dignified, majestic and ruthless. Oh, if only she knew. Uh, Apparently, Paula is reading from the script in a whisper and gesturing with her free hand. Uh, So she's all very commanding. She's quiet, but her reading carries such power that Liz is mesmerised, apparently. Then Paula looks up and sees her and she blushes and slams the script shut and gets all embarrassed, kind of. And Liz apologises for, like, interrupting her. And Paula's like, oh, I was just being silly. I'll never be as great an actress as your sister. But Liz can see that she definitely has some talent um, that she's kind of keeping to herself, I guess. But um, yeah, she she just goes on about how great Jessica is. And Liz is kind of like, oh, nice. She's like, it was pretty rude of her to leave you by yourself here while she chats to her boyfriend. So again, Paul is like, oh, I don't mind. I know how much she loves Sam. And kind of does it all in this very self-deprecating way again. So Liz is like, look, there's no need to put yourself down. Mm. Um, And Paul is like, tell me more about Jessica. What's she really like? What would it be like to be her friend? And I'm just like, stop it. (laughs) I mean, Jessica is like, she's barely been pleasant to her she sort of treated her mm. like a kind of personal assistant yeah but Jessica says like oh or sorry Liz says oh yeah she's great uh, of course and she's really loyal I mean that's a fucking lie and um, <laughs> then Paula says I bet Sam is great too tell me about him and 
Liz says he's a lot like Jessica. He is much nicer than Jessica. Oh my God. He is a far better person than Jessica. But I guess in terms of like, you know, Jessica is funny. We have to give her that. Uh, And uh, so Liz just says, you know, he's got a great sense of humor and knows how to have a good time. And that like that does kind of tee up with Jess. He's just, Mm. you know, not manipulative and sneaky and a bitch. So (laughs) he's got that going for him. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. But uh, Liz also reveals that he's into dirt dirt bike racing. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Paula's like, oh, does Jessica like that too? And she's kind of, Liz kind of laughs and she says, well, you know, she'd prefer a cleaner sport, but she humors him. Um, so yeah, Paula's kind of like picking up bits of information uh, as casually as she possibly can. <laughs> oh, so casual. Um, so Prince Albert, who I'd like to think is a good judge of character and is figuring mm. there's something a bit off about this girl, um, comes and starts sniffing away at Paula, who draws back frightened. But um, Liz says, don't worry about Prince Albert, he wouldn't hurt a fly. And then asks Paula about herself and she tells a tragic tale. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Liz uh, asks about her family because uh, she mentions, you know, Jess has probably told you we have an older brother. Do you have any brothers or sisters? And Paula kind of like very like melodramatically turns away for a moment. And Liz is like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pry. Yeah, right, Liz. Um, but uh, yeah, she says that she has an older brother, too, but he ran away from home uh, a few months ago Um, that they were living a few hours up the coast, apparently, at that stage. Uh and they were very close. But when he took off, he left her all alone with her father. So, yes, hmm. it's a and, and the father is uh, we're told that he's basically ab- abusive um, doesn't go into details. But he's definitely violent mm. and uh, like, I mean, it's it's obviously a very upsetting scene so we mm. don't have we, they, they don't go into details but our, no. our imagination will you know fill in the blanks and it clearly fills in blanks for Liz because Liz is very upset to hear this and wishes she you know she feels like crying and um Paula tells her that things are better now she came to Sweet Valley because her mother had friends here and she's living with them and Liz is touched and she makes a silent vow to watch out for Jessica's new friend and later she tells Jessica everything and Jessica is horrified and says that from now on she's going to do everything she can to show Paula how welcome she is mm. in Sweet Valley. Oh. So on Saturday, it's sunny, but Jessica has to work inside with Paula. And when they take a break, she says that to Paula that Liz told her all about, you know, her troubled path and that, you know, Paula can count on her. And Jessica wants to boost her confidence. And then she has an idea for something that she thinks will do just that. Yeah. So she says, you know, because she's obviously they've been running lines together all week. And she kind of says, you're not bad for a beginner, that is, because it would kill her to actually be sound to somebody. (laughs) So she says uh, she suggests that she tries out for one of the smaller roles. Uh, And Paula's like, eyes wide, try out for the play. I could never do that. Uh, But Jess is like, oh, I'll put in a good word uh, with Mr. Goodman for you. Um, So she she kind of scrutinizes the character list uh, in the script. And she's like, I've got it. You can play the part of the gentlewoman. So she'll be her lady in waiting. It's just one scene. There's only a few lines to learn. And we'd be on stage together. Um, And Paula's like, do you really think I could? She hastily answered herself. No, I couldn't. I'd be too scared even to try out. Actresses are supposed to be beautiful and poised. Like you. Uh, no, but then, that's true, Jessica. 
like, Jessica, for fuck's sake, what did you just say about being nice to this girl? She's <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. I am smoking hot and you're extremely not. So <laughs> you're right. It'll never work. But no, she uh, she suggests uh, that she'll help her out on that count. And uh, a few fashion tips and a new hairstyle can work wonders. So Jess says she's got a new shampoo that'll make her hair lovely and shiny. And she's like, come upstairs now. We'll get to work on you. <laughs> make over, make over. <laughs> Love it. Make over. Well, they do. That's what exactly what happens. Um, Paula, a few an hour later, Paula can hardly believe it's her looking back at her in the mirror. And Jessica says, "I'm even better at this than I thought." Because of course, she can't give someone else a makeover without praising herself. It's still all about Jessica <laughs> somehow. <laughs> so apparently, the shampoo has brought out the highlights in in Paula's mousy locks, and uh, Paula is is also wearing a, a specially. I don't know, curated makeup look um, with peach fizz blusher. Hmm. Lovely. <laughs> she says peachy coloured lipstick, the cream kind, not the frosted kind. I mean, I hate frosted lipstick, so I'm with you, actually, Jessica. <laughs> Fair. So Paula isn't sure about wearing this new look to school, but um, she won't feel like, you know, it's really her. But Jessica says everyone in school is beginning to find out exactly who you are, a sweet and generous person. And Paula impulsively throws her arms around Jessica and says, thank you for everything. You're the best friend I ever had. <laughs> so the next day, uh, or sorry, I think it's later this day, the gang are all gathering in the uh, in the sitting room of the casa to work on posters, mm. and Dee Dee is showing, of course, Will or Bill as Macbeth in a center stage, and um, then Paula enters as they're discussing, you know, the finishing touches of Dee Dee's uh, artwork, and she's not here to see Jessica, who's about to head to Sam's. She's here because she has a present for Annie. Oh, so strange. Yeah, she says that she, I came here to see all of you, if you don't mind. <gasps> and uh, they're all like, yeah, no bother. Come over and, you know, you can give us a hand or throw out some ideas. And she's like, oh, no, no, I have no talent in anything whatsoever. <laughs> and then, yeah, sits down beside Annie and hands her a small box. And she was like, I was hoping you'd be here. I have a present for you. And everyone's kind of like, what's going on? Like Robin's <laughs> like, what's the occasion? And Paula's like, no occasion. I just wanted to. That's all. So Annie opens the box and it's a brightly colored woven head headband apparently um and she's like this is really lovely Paula but like I can't accept it it's like it would feel a bit strange getting a present from this girl for no reason when like I don't know if she even said two words to Annie up to now oh I think they've had one conversation Mm. or maybe they've played tennis together at this stage oh I guess they have yeah yeah, it's still a little strange but yeah Paula explains that it was a present from her grandmother but that the colors don't suit her but they might suit Annie with her dark hair um so yeah but then Robin because I guess everybody suddenly knows all about Paula's tragic past and she doesn't seem to mind that people are just running their mouth about her business because Paula's like, I thought you didn't have any relatives except your dad. Isn't that why you're living with friends here in Sweet Valley? Um, So Paula kind of kind of covers she's blushing but she says no oh you know my the headband's from my grandmother and my father's side so I couldn't run away from him to go live with her but she always sends me a present on my birthday aside from that I haven't heard from her in years so 
Robin's kind of apologetic and she's like, oh, you know, I know it's not very pleasant for you talking about your family. And Paula's like, oh, it's OK. Friends should share <laughs> things with each other. And I'm so glad to have all of you as friends. <laughs> 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 she just lays everything on so thick. I mean, it's very entertaining to read about it, but it would be extremely creepy in real oh life. God, it would be such a buzzkill as well. It's like, oh, fucking hell, here's Paula now. <laughs> With her weird so compliments. Wonderful. I'm so terrible. I don't know yeah. why you let me sit, sit in the oh. same room as you. Like that is not fun to be around. No. Oh my God. Well, later, uh, Liz and Todd are picking, getting some extra snacks in the kitchen and they're pleased that Paula is making friends. Mm. And um, Liz also praises David's poster, uh, which um, showcases Jessica. Uh, apparently it's nearly as striking as the poster we did for the dance show earlier this year. Bit of more oh. continuity. There we go. Within the year and everything, apparently. <laughs> well, it's one hell of a junior knows? year, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Paula and Robin come into the kitchen and Robin's looking for Jessica because apparently she keeps missing cheerleading practice, even though she's the co-captain. And mm. Paula is like, be patient with her. Jessica's under a lot of stress right now. I mean, if I was Paula, or sorry, if I was Robin and I was doing all the work for this thing that Jessica was meant to be, you know, the co-captain mm. with and some random weird <laughs> girl who just popped up was telling me to be patient with Jessica who bullied Robin and blackballed her out of Phi Beta Alpha and mm-hmm. then grudgingly let her be her co-captain and now these are to do most of the work I would be like, sorry Paula stay out of this Yeah, who asked you? Like, <laughs> this does not concern you <laughs> Well, Liz agrees with Paula and uh, tells Robin to, you know, lay off Jessica for a while. I really doesn't deserve all these allowances being made for her. But anyway, <laughs> when Jessica eventually appears, she's surprised to see Paula there. And um, when uh, when Liz says, look, Robin's looking for you, you should have called should have called her to tell her that you're missing practice. Paula's all like, you could have talked to me about it, Jessica. She says eagerly, I know how busy you are these days. I could make phone calls for you to take care of cancelling appointments and things like that. And Jessica rightly gives Robert or Paula a curious look. <laughs> yeah, that is quite a strange thing to, to offer to do for somebody. It's like, what, what, what are you talking about, Paula? But again, it's all about Eve crossed up Macbeth. So that's just what, yeah. what we're doing here. <laughs> and I mean, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> We're having a great time. <laughs> well, when Robin does finally find Jessica and gives out to her, um, Jessica says that the, she's not, the play is more important than anything else. And actually, you know, maybe she won't be cheerleading again uh, because after this play is over, she expects to be on her way to New York to have a Broadway career. <laughs> well, yes, why not? Um but yeah, Annie's kind of like, okay, do you think you're maybe getting carried away here and that like the play is actually going to lead to an acting career? Of course it will, Paula said earnestly before Jessica could reply. <laughs> and it's like, Jessica kind of stares at Paula for a few seconds before turning back to Annie and Liz. Because it is just kind of like, Paula, would you ever bite for a second? <laughs> Jumping into Jessica's conversations. But anyway, uh, Jess reckons this is a perfectly reasonable thing to assume. She says, look, David Goodman is a famous director. Why would he bother with high school kids if he wasn't looking for new talent? and who's got more of it than me so again Robin kind of leaves her off uh, pretty lightly uh, and just says you know I know reality isn't your strong point which is pretty great but says you know it'd be nice if you'd come down to earth occasionally and show a little consideration to the rest of us on the cheerleading squad because like the rest of 
them, like a lot of the cheerleaders yeah. seem to be involved in this play. And I know Lady Macbeth is probably a bigger part than what they're playing, but they all seem to be managing to make practice or at least call ahead and say if they can't. But Jess exactly. is like, nope, I don't need this. I don't need this shit anymore. Well, she says, critics, already <laughs> I have critics. And says, <laughs> opening night is still more than two weeks away, but I'd love to stay in chat, but it's time for me to exit stage left. And off she goes. There she's out of here. Her number one fan awaits her. So she's heading off to Sam's house. <laughs> well, we cut to Tuesday and Lila isn't happy with the costume she's uh, she's trying on with um, wardrobe mistress Tracy Gilbert, who I think is Patty's cousin, isn't she? Oh, that's right. I thought sister, but no, it is her cousin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, she is most unimpressed uh, because, of course, she's playing a witch. But uh, yeah, she's uh, <laughs> she says, I would never wear something. Oh, a real witch would never wear something like this and looks to Jessica for backup. But uh, Jess is like, oh, no, it looks pretty witchy to me. And Annie and Rosa seem happy with the design. <laughs> Traitor. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's a it's, it's a grey, I don't know, dress or probably more cloaky kind of something or other, a robe yeah. probably. But yeah, she's uh, she's most unimpressed with the fact that it's grey and says, what kind of a costume designer are you uh, to Tracy? And she says, I think we should go for something more magical. Lavender, maybe, with glitter. <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, um, nobody's buying her argument that sexy, beautiful young witches <laughs> would sell more tickets. Uh, and Jessica sighs, it's worth being a witch with fashion sense. Um, so apparently Jessica's outfits are amazing and really glamorous. Um, and uh, Jessica has to miss um, uh, rehearsal this afternoon because she's got trying her outfits. So She's she's not running any of her scenes today, but she does go over to say hello to Mr. Goodman and introduces him to Paula. But it turns out they've already met. Yeah, this is it. So Mr. Goodman does say, yeah, we've already met. Uh, good afternoon, Miss Perrine. Uh, and he uh, congratulates her and says, you know, if it's your help that's made Miss Wakefield as well prepared as she has been, you deserve my thanks. And Jessica's oh. kind of like, uh, hang on a fucking second. She's like, as far as she was concerned, shy little Paula hadn't actually met him before. Uh, and also she's like, where did he get off congratulating Paula on Jessica's hard work? She's like, oh, well, at least he'd noticed it. But like, she's not wrong there because like, yes, Paula has been helping her, but it is Jessica that's memorizing yeah. lines and putting on a good performance so like it's fair enough for her to feel a bit miffed about that remark it is i would too <laughs> well he gives paula the part this little part of the gentlewoman hmm. but um so jessica's sort of pleased but then later she sees paula flirting with frank the muscular blonde assistant yes and, um, frank, frank o'donnell by the way <laughs> yeah, another irishman <laughs> There he is now. <laughs> He's not really bad like the other ones. Mm. <laughs> Chris Lynch and there was somebody else. Um, oh, yeah. They've all been terrible so far, apart from the lads that on the dairy burger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's true. Maybe he's related to, to them. Maybe. Um, well, Jessica is not exactly happy with this. Because like, just the week before, Paula was just going around staring at people because she was too shy to talk to, a comp- to, talk to any of her classmates. Mm. But now she's flirting with Frank as if she had as much experience as just Jessica herself. I mean, that's not possible. That's a lot of experience. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she's she just thinks that Je- she herself must have given Paula the courage to conquer her uh, shyness. Mm. But 
not long afterwards, she's on stage with Bill and gets distracted because she looks into the wings and Paula is there yucking it up with the rest of the cast. And Paula's the centre of attention and seems to be, you know, have the others laughing at her every word. But when Paula catches Jessica's eye, she stops laughing and Jessica thinks that two-faced traitor was laughing at me. (gasps) (laughs) She's enraged. So she kind of, she's obviously paused in her lines uh, and says her last one then. But um, but when she actually finishes the scene, Mr. Goodman tells her she did brilliant uh, and said that he actually really liked what she did with the last line. He said, the dark intensity you brought to it was quite <laughs> effective coming after that pregnant pause. And then he kind of gives out and says he wants a little quieter backstage while we're rehearsing. Uh, so even though, yeah, she was distracted, she still managed to make it work and still is nailing this role completely. But yeah, she's, she's a little suspicious, I think, of Paula, who's suddenly mm. come out of her shell with a quickness she was not expecting. (laughs) (laughs) A little too far out of the shell. Mm, Yeah. Well, backstage, Liz uh, finds Paula with Frank and um, Paula's getting very up close and personal with Frank and Liz thinks that this is quite the transformation because Paula is, you know, clearly totally at ease. And um, Liz needs the full cast list from Frank for the play programmes. And when she gets it, after she gets it, Paula reveals the fact that she's got this part of the gentlewoman and she gets all intense. She says, there's nothing else like the theatre. Can you imagine any greater thrill? You can lose yourself in a character. And if you're good, and I mean really good, you can play any part, no matter how unbelievable. And people will hang on your every word. <laughs> Very meaningful. She just keeps saying things like this and I love it. <laughs> It's fantastic. Yeah. She kind of turns back to Liz and Frank and then kind of continues and says, and the applause, she whispered earnestly. There's nothing like the applause. (laughs) It's like being loved by hundreds of people you don't even know. And kind of turns to stare out at the empty auditorium again. But Liz, Liz is very touched by this and kind of realises that, oh, because of her unhappy family life, this outpouring of love from the audience must seem like heaven to her. So she's really happy for Paula that she's gotten a role in the play. But like Paula fully sounded like a murderer right there. She did. Paula Bateman. (laughs) She wouldn't hurt a fly. (laughs) Well, afterwards, Paula tells Jessica her news and Jessica quite stiffly says, congratulations, Paula. Maybe you're not as shy as we thought. Hmm. (laughs) So she just, she's all confused because she's like, okay, well, maybe I am being a bit paranoid. Like, I don't have any proof she was laughing at me in the wings, but then why did she shut up when she saw me? And, you know, and what could she do about this anyway? She's She thinks she couldn't exactly order Paula not to talk to other people and not to tell (laughs) jokes. So she tells herself she's being ridiculous. And um, she, uh, she, she mentions that she needs to think about the blocking for the one of the scenes in the play and Paul is like I can help you um but I'm sure the blocking will be incredible if you design it let me know if I can help not that I'd be able to add anything to your creative ideas and Jessica has had enough oh god like and it is understandable because it is just a oh. very draining energy to be around I would yes. say when someone keeps kind of carrying on like that and just being so like down on themselves and all about you like it's it's no fun so Jessica does kind of flip and she she yells at her she says stop it Jessica yelled losing control stop telling me every three seconds how wonderful I am and stop telling me how pathetic you are I'm getting sick of it and mm. 
Paula looks stunned and they're both quiet for a second and then like a single tear rolls down Paula's face oh, and she's like you're upset I'm sorry Jessica and Jess is like and stop apologizing all the time <laughs> you're absolutely right Jessica <laughs> oh god but yeah Paula is just like fully sobbing now and is like you keep telling me I should have confidence in myself and I try so hard and sometimes I think I'm making progress but then I hear my father's voice inside my head telling me I'll never be good at anything so suddenly Jessica is horrified by her own behavior and apologizes to Paula and says I can't believe I've said something so awful to you you've been so nice to me I'm so sorry can you forgive me um so Paula's like of course I forgive you you're the best friend I ever had (sighs) so like Paula does play it well enough that Jessica does kind of step back and apologize herself and thinks oh god like is reminded of Paula's situation and thinks god I've just been awful to this poor girl he's had such a rough time of things like I need to cop on even though like Paula is still kind of playing her perfectly um but yeah they they make up and Paula's like oh there's no need to explain as long as we're still friends and Jess is like oh god of course we are we're still on for practicing our lines uh because Jess is just like you know I'm just so uptight about the play that's that's why I've snapped I'm really sorry but um yeah they do kind of make up or whatever but as Paula's walking away Jess does ask her uh and just say, you know oh I'm just a little confused as usual and kind of does a little self-effacing shrug and says she was thinking about what Mr. Goodman had said because of course as far as Jess was concerned they'd never met and she was introducing him to Paula yeah so she's like you you never told me that you'd met him before uh and Paula kind of says oh no I hadn't not really and just says that she'd like dropped her books outside the auditorium the other day and that he was coming out and gave her a hand to pick them up so Jess is like oh, okay I figured it was something like that and kind of tells herself she has to be more understanding and it's no wonder that this girl is a little peculiar at times mm. and says you know she's obviously just being overly suspicious and there's nothing to worry about here and she just needs to, to chill out around Paula Yes, she vows to be kinder in the future. Mm, Yes. Well, we cut to the cafeteria um, where Paula is asking Annie about their homework and says Walt Whitman is about the most boring poet who ever lived. I mean, somebody hasn't seen Dead Poet Society because I think (laughs) you were of the generation, Paula, where you, if you had watched that, there's a lot of hot boys all reading Walt Whitman who would not (laughs) be boring. Your interest. Certainly did to me and my friends in the <laughs> circa nineteen eighty nine and ninety. <laughs> well, uh, Paula says that if Mister Collins weren't so good looking, I think I'd want to strangle him. For I mean, she probably would. Literally, <laughs> she would keep an eye on her. <laughs> Well, Paula uh, has to go and pick up lunch for Jessica and Annie is is genuinely worried uh, because, you know, she thinks that Jessica's taking advantage of her. Um, may not even mean to, but like, it seems like she is. Hmm. And Paula gives another of her hilarious double meaning uh, statements because she says, my friendship with, with Jessica may look one-sided, but it's really not. I get more out of it than anyone realises. <laughs> it's like the maniacal laugh just happens off screen or something. <laughs> well, Annie points out that Paula's different when Jessica's around. Like, she's much more outgoing. And when Jessica's mm. there, she's just sort of clams up. And uh, Paula laughs and says she's just like sitting back and watching the show when Jessica's around. So they join Amy and Lila, who joke about Jessica and like spending all their time, you know, ignoring her friends. And <laughs> Paula defends, see, Paula plays this very well yeah. because she defends Jessica. But then when Annie asks about her, you know, has, has anyone got anything planned for the weekend? Paula has a scheme that does not include Jessica. 
Yeah, so she kind of reveals that she she was hoping to get some people together at Seca Lake. You know, she's like, oh, I've never been there and I hear it's a great place for a cookout. I'll do all the planning and bring all the food. All you have to do is show up. Uh, and Amy is like, oh, yeah, sounds brilliant. Uh, but kind of says, you know, let us help you with the food, though. You don't have to do everything yourself. But Paula insists uh, and says it's her way of thanking you all for making me feel so welcome in Sweet Valley. Um, and she's kind of starts like counting off her little guest list. She's like, who else should I invite? She's like, Amy, you'll bring Barry. And there's Winston and Maria, Bill and Didi. And it's like, she's so assimilated into this group. No. that it's like, this is all perfectly normal uh, for her. But um, yeah, then Annie kind of chimes in and says, of course, you'll be asking Jess and Liz and Sam and Todd. And Paula's like, well, I'll invite them, but I don't think they'll come. She says, Jessica's already asked me to rehearse with her Saturday morning. And I know she'll want to spend the afternoon rehearsing by herself. Her dedication is so inspirational. And like, Lila rolls her eyes. But again, this is all playing into how Jessica has been lately. And she she's not hanging out with her friends or going to the mall or the Dairy Burger or any of their usual stuff. She is spending all her time on the play. So like this all checks out, like as far as her friends are concerned. Uh, and then in terms of Liz, she says, you know, and of course, Liz has her hands full with all the publicity work. Um, and Annie mentions then that Liz had told her that uh, Paula was giving her a hand with that as well. So Paula was like, oh, she kind of downplays it and says, oh, it's nothing. I just made a few phone calls for her. But uh, but she goes, please don't anyone tell Jessica. And Lila's like, uh, why not? So I get such a red flag. Oh, like it's gas. She's like, I just don't want Jessica to get the idea that anything about this play is more important to me than helping her with the role. And they're all kind of like, oh, yeah, grand. Look, are your secrets safe with us? We hardly see Jess anymore anyway. So it's not like we could even tell her if we if we were around her because we never are. Um yeah, so they're all just like, yeah, look, we'll, we'll head to the lake and this will be great. But yeah, but then uh, what? Oh, yeah, somebody comes storming up who's not too impressed. <laughs> it's Jessica. and She's demanding her lunch and her script. Paul is late and um, she's not going to have time to work at the scene before rehearsal. And Lila says, Jessica Wakefield, what's gone into you? And Paula laughs weakly and says, it's all right. I don't mind, really. I'm used to being ordered around. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. And of course, all of the friends sitting there are just like, Jesus Christ, Jessica, what are you doing? Because like Annie thought about Paula's father. How could Jessica be so cruel to the girl? So like, again, she's playing it perfectly because she's made Jess out now to just be this absolute tyrant, which she kind of is, to be fair. Jessica isn't really doing herself any favours here. But uh, yeah, she kind of... um, Jessica has has is has enough shame at least to blush and apologize. And it's like, I'm sorry, Paula, she stammered. I didn't mean she turned and fled, which is very un Jessica like. Very unlike Jessica. Jessica only does the running away thing when something really, really awful has happened. Really Not terrible. This. But also, she's obviously she's... just Yeah, she's just so wound up about this play, I suppose, mm. that yeah. But she's also incapable of feeling real guilt. So, no, so true. like, what is this emotion? I can't deal with it. I'm just going to run away. Hopefully it won't follow me. <laughs> well, um, yeah, the uh, the others say they're glad she's not coming to the lake. But of course, Paul mm. is like, I don't take it personally. <laughs> so uh, I think it's on Thursday. So it's a day or so later. Um Jessica leaves the auditorium and is surprised to see Paula there. He's clearly just been sort of hovering around waiting for, or sorry, Paula's surprised to see Jessica Mm. um, and says, I thought you had a costume fitting in the home ec room. And Jessica's like, I do. 
and she knows she's being unreasonable, but she feels annoyed. It's like, how the fuck is Paula keeping tabs on her schedule? Hmm. So she left her history book backstage during study hall and um, she's about to go in. But Paula literally jumps in front of her and says, don't go in there. I mean, you don't need to go. You'd be late to that costume fitting. You know what the production crew are like. They'll distract you. So Jessica takes the bait. Uh, she does wonder why, Paula, in fairness to her, like her instincts mm. are really good. She does wonder yeah. why Paula is so insistent about her not going into the auditorium. But um, she says she'll find the history book and bring it over uh, later to the casa and says, don't worry about it. Leave it all to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Jessica didn't see something was up. She'd be much more dim than we know her to be. So I'm quite glad <laughs> that Jessica does see through this cartoonish. Oh, well, this is villainy. it. She, she does tend to have good instincts, is the thing about Jessica. <laughs> Well, later, Jessica and Sam go for a milkshake and she confesses that she's freaked out and she wonders if the Macbeth curse is true. And Stephen, or Stephen, uh, oh, there's <laughs> a Freudian Look, slip. She's admiring somebody's pretty face and tanned body. It could be Stephen, it could be Sam, who even knows? <laughs> I don't think she cares. But uh, anyway, it's Sam, thankfully, and he okay. says it's just stage fright, but she just can't stop thinking about Paula. She feels mm. she's hiding something and she feels like she's losing all her friends to her. And um, Sam says, "Look, that's ridiculous. You've got more friends than anybody in Sweet Valley." But Jessica says that she used to, but not anymore. And Sam says, "Well, look, maybe they're just feeling a bit neglected. You're spending all your time with this play. Like, you know, Mm. it's they probably just think you don't want to see them." So Jessica decides she's going to be more reasonable. We cut to Friday and uh, it's the others are having lunch in the courtyard of Sweet Valley High. But Lila tells us the Queen is rehearsing with Paula, her loyal subject. <laughs> so apparently they're all fed up with Jessica. She's just being quite the diva in the uh, in the rehearsals. Mm. And um, she's giving out to Emily, who's playing a small part and doing sort of the sound effects, which is pretty impressive. Mm. But... Um, they're all surprised that Emily's in play, but Amy has another surprise for them. And it's quite significant. Oh, uh, it's, oh. it's that Jennifer has dropped out. Oh, yes, she's got mono. Uh, so she is no longer Jessica's understudy. But yes, Amy, Amy reveals then that she was even more surprised to hear that Paula is taking her place. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not surprised. But uh, everybody else is. And of course, they point out that Paula will never get to play Lady Macbeth because wild horses could keep (laughs) Jessica away. But they're all happy for Paula. Nice boost Mm. for her ego. And uh, they all say that she's really come out of her shell. She's even dressing better, um, which gives Lila an excuse to put a little dig about the costume she's being forced to wear. But... um, Rosa, and, or sorry, Amy says that she and Rosa like the witches' costumes. They're meant to be sort of dark and ugly. And Lila says, well, it's a good thing I'm a fantastic actress because dark and ugly is going to take quite a bit of acting for me. <laughs> she is wonderful. <laughs> Joan Collins energy. I love it. <laughs> so we cut to Tuesday where Annie is giving Jessica a lift home. And she just, I mean, this is all in the service of the next book. Annie loves Calico Drive and wishes mm. she lived in such a homely neighbourhood. Yeah, and she praises Paula and says it's great that she was picked to replace Jessica as your understudy now this is Tuesday the understudy news happened on Thursday 
and this is the first Jessica's hearing about it. Yeah, so it's a real shock to her and Annie is surprised that Jessica doesn't know mm. um, because Jessica freezes when she hears this news because uh, Annie's like, how how did you not know? Because <laughs> um, Jess is so stunned. So she's like, when did this happen? Uh, and Annie's like, yeah, Thursday. But she's like, oh, that explains it. You were in a costume fitting, weren't you? But then Jess is like, but we rehearsed together all weekend. Paula never mentioned it. And Uh-oh. Annie's like, oh, I guess I guess she assumed you already knew. So this is obviously why Paula threw herself in front of the doors when Jess tried to get into the auditorium to pick up her book. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, Paula was in the midst of uh, probably starting her audition as uh, an understudy for Lady Macbeth. So yes, it's all, the the plan is in in motion. (laughs) Well, the next day, uh, Jessica finds Paula and says she wants to talk to her. Paula looks so scared that Jessica almost hesitates, but then she just goes for it and says, why the hell didn't you tell me this? Like, we saw each other and you knew that you were the understudy and didn't say a word. And Paula's like, oh, didn't think it was important. You're so professional. You'll never miss performance. And Jessica's like, but you didn't even tell me you were trying for it. You know, I thought we were friends. Uh, Paula says, oh, I am your friend, Jessica. That's why I did it. It was you who gave me the confidence. Even my own family never did this for me. And of course, that hits Jessica's brand new guilty buttons. She never felt fucking guilty about anything for her life. But suddenly so she's true. feeling guilty about Paula. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so immediately Jess backs down and apologises, says, you know, maybe I just jumped to conclusions. Mm. Um, but she just still has this kind of nagging feeling because uh, she says, you know, this is a dream come true for Paula when Paula kind of heads off. And she's like, you know, I'm supposed to be her friend. Why can't I be happy for her? Because she's still just unsettled by this whole thing, uh, even though like Paula kind of manages to explain everything away and get out of every kind of weird little confrontation but it's all being played in such a way that Jess looks like a psychopath whenever she tries to confront Paula because nothing is obvious enough for her to like lay it out reasonably and be like you're too good friends with my friends I don't like it you know because she would sound like a massive bitch which isn't usually a problem for her but in this this case like she knows she'd be coming off as very unreasonable if she tried to kind of point out her her concerns about Paula and like the thing is, some of the things she says, there is, you know, they are kind of concrete that like the fact that Paul is wearing, you know, all her hmm. new cool clothes to, to school. But whenever she sees Jessica on the road, she's still dressing in her sort of old meek and mild mm. outfits. And Liz says, well, maybe it's because you're the only person she feels like she, she could be herself with, Jessica. Um, So like it, it's there are some things that are you know, that seemed to me to be evidence that Paula is playing some sort of game. But... There's an, yeah, there is an act going on here for sure. Yeah. Because yeah, she, and like even Annie did point out that like Paula is much quieter as soon as Jess is on the scene. But when she's on her own, she's super mm. outgoing and confident and suddenly she changes. But yeah, she's obviously just got everyone on side enough that Jess can't really manage to point anything out without coming across like she's just being absolutely paranoid. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's all she's thinking about. Um, even when Liz tries to talk to her about the poster designs, she's not half as, you know, wild about insisting she's on, on the winning entry as mm. she would have been in the, just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, she reminds Jessica that Mr. Goodman and the team are doing the judging and Liz has no say in all of this. So the next day, <laughs> Jessica's watching the witches in action and Lila, I do not understand how Lila does not get fired because this is so entertaining. But Lila just cannot stay in character for more than a set and like half a line. <laughs> it's 
that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, because they're running through the, the scene with the witches. Uh, <laughs> apparently, like, Lila's on stage as the first witch and Jessica's like, oh, she's finally memorized her lines. Her friend's witch voice was a perfect imitation of the one in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and I mean, that's quite good synchronicity because it is. a few weeks ago in the TV series, we watched an episode where Lila, now she was going for the part of Glinda the Good Witch, mm. but she did tell Jessica that uh, she wanted her and your little dog too <laughs> and it was so good but yes. yes she's she's running through her lines she says here I have a pilot's thumb said Lila racked us homeward did he come you know this is really gross <laughs> <laughs> and Jess has to stop herself from laughing but of course the director is not uh, too impressed with this he's like no editorial comments please and she's like but the words are so disgusting um, but the rest of them are just like okay Come on, Lila, come on, we have to get through this scene. But um I do um I do love that so much because as well in again in the TV show, like they do a production of Ham of, of Hamlet of um Macbeth. Lady Macbeth and Lila is one of the witches. Yes. <laughs> Though I think the other ones were it was Enid and who was the third witch? Was it a main oh, character? It was Patty, was it? Oh it was Patty, yes. Yeah. Um so, uh, so yes, it's clearly a nod to this this classic book. But then, <laughs> I do genuinely, I thought this was properly funny. Um, they continue the scene, and then Winston and Bill enter uh, in character, obviously. And Winston says, "What as Banquo? What are these?" Pointing at Lila, Annie, and Rosa, so withered <laughs> and so wild in their attire that look not like the inhabitants of Earth, of the Earth, yet are honest. <laughs> and he looks directly at Lila and says, you seem to understand me by each at once her choppy finger laying upon her skinny lips. And he points directly at Lila and says, you should be women and yet your beards forbid me to talk much that you are so. <laughs> and Lila can't take it anymore. Oh, she's had enough. She goes, that's it, cried Lila, stamping her foot. I will not stand for these insults. And Rose is kind of sighing. She's like, Lila, it's part of the play. But Lila's like, I don't care. I refuse to be humiliated. Um, and of course, the, Mr. Goodman's patience is wearing thin at this stage. And he's like, you have to stick to the script. Um, and Winston says, you know, Lila, I was only really looking at you uh, when I said all that because you're doing such a terrific job with this oh, difficult Lord. role. <laughs> Even without the costume, you're totally believable as a witch. It's uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> gotta say I I mean don't want to keep bringing it back to the TV program but I think there's a little bit of chemistry between Winston and Lila in this episode there kind of is <laughs> <laughs> and we, and we, are, we are totally projecting from the, the TV show <laughs> characters because those guys have wild chemistry oh my god <laughs> Well, Jessica uh, enters, and of course, she's amazing. The mood mm. changes from pandemonium to rapt quiet. All because of her amazing <laughs> acting, and it's a scene she does with Paula. So it's a sleep watching, uh, sleepwalking scene, mm. and they've worked out the blocking so that um, the doctor and the gentlewoman are standing at the stage in sort of a daytime kind of light, where Jessica's in a sort of pale moonlight glow when she's doing mm. the rubbing her hands and everything, um, and Jessica's getting right into the into the moment, but then Paula sabotages her. Yeah, so Paula kind of steps forward in such a way that her shadow goes across Jessica's face. And Jess is kind of angry. She's like, this isn't how we rehearsed it. Why is that little twerp trying to upstage me? So Jess kind of steps forward again to get properly back into the light and then continues 
her scene. Um, so, yeah, Mr. Goodman kind of says, oh, you know, excellent. That was really good. He says, you know, I appreciate the effort you've put into the blocking out for this scene, but we're trying something different now. And Jess is kind of put out by this because she has, again, worked really hard on the kind of blocking for her sleepwalking scene uh, and, and kind of says, you know, she's a bit confused. And she's like, but, you know, you said yesterday you liked the way I did it. But he explains that he wants to do it another way now. He says, as the gentlewoman speaks, she will walk forward like she did that time. But you don't walk forward. You stay in shadow as you say your first line. And mm. just kind of like, but like, this is a really powerful point in the play. And surely the audience should be able to see me. But he's like, no, this is good. You know, it's more mysterious. Um, and he kind of gestures to Paula and says, you know, your friend here recommended the change. She has an excellent eye for stage direction. And Jessica's fuming because she's like fucking Paula has obviously sneaked around and changed her blocking like yeah. without saying anything to her so she's like why is Paula deciding how I should play this part and it's like yeah she's really kind of starting to the suspicions are raised again anyway every time she kind of has them explained away and realizes she's just being paranoid she's like no something fucking weird is going on <laughs> and uh, as she goes on with the scene she thinks although she was no longer standing in Paula's shadow she felt as if she were <gasps> <laughs> So we cut to the cafeteria. It's a week to go now till opening night. And Lila's trying to distract Jessica from her play obsession, but she's breaking out and she's sort of giving out about other people's performances and how, you know, nobody's up to my standards. This is going to be a disaster. So they're all understandably annoyed. But of course, Paula has to say, you will be very hard on Jessica. It's a huge responsibility playing Lady Macbeth. And it is just, it's finally too much for Jessica. And she turns on Paula. Oh, God. Yeah. She kind of snaps at her again and says, look, if I need your help, I'll ask for it. And the blue green eyes are flashing. So, she know, you know, she needs business. But um, but Lila has kind of had enough of Jessica at this stage, because, as you say, Jessica has been kind of a diva. She's kind of given out about other people fluffing their lines and just kind of being a bit difficult to be around, I guess, because she's so focused like on this being perfect. But Lila's like, you know, a lot of people are getting sick and tired of the way you're treating everyone. Paula might be the only fan you have left. Um, and Jess is kind of abashed by this and kind of says, you know, God, maybe, you know, maybe I haven't realized how badly I was treating everybody. So again, she apologizes to Paula and to everybody else and says, look, I'm just really tense. And of course, Paula's like, it's okay. We understand. Lila's like, yeah. one of us. <laughs> so yeah, Amy tries to kind of lighten the mood and suggest they all go to the Dairy Burger that evening because uh, yeah. they haven't been out together in ages. And they can help Lila plan the cast party she's uh, mm. going to throw on opening night. And uh, they um, uh, they they say that they're they're looking forward to seeing the hearing who is the winner of the con the contest for the poster. Mm. They're going to announce it at rehearsal today, and soon they'll be hanging Jessica's picture all over town. And Lila's like, oh, I'm sure lots of people would like to see Jessica hanging over in town. <laughs> <laughs> a bit hard. A little bit. And uh, also points out that the poster may not, with her on it, may not win. And Paula's like, of course it'll win. And Jessica just stares at her because Jessica's like, I'm tired of her shit at this stage. Oh, God. But um, <laughs> Abby says, doesn't matter what poster wins, we're going to go to the Dairy Burger to celebrate. And invite, says to Jessica, like, you know, you coming along. But Jessica says no. And although the others are uh, aren't actually trying to persuade her, she can't. Because she's staying in with Stephen. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Look, you know, he's got a pretty face and a tanned body <laughs> to appreciate. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, she just says that uh, she was going to stay home and watch telly uh, with Stephen. Like, it's very implausible. But, um, Friday night. Yeah. 
uh, oh, it's very strange. Like I kind of presumed she was going to say, no, I'm running lines again because like she is super dedicated to yes. her role. But uh, but yeah, then Lila kind of asks, what about Sam? Didn't you already tell him you'd be at the Dairy Burger tonight? And Jess is like, yeah, but it won't make any difference if I don't show up because he said he has to stay home and study. So then Jessica kind of says, Paula, why don't you go along with the others? It'll be nice for you. Because I suppose she's just you know trying to be reasonable, be nice to Paula. Mm-hmm. Um, but Paula says she can't. She's got some work of her own to do for this understudy mm-hmm. role. She's like, not that I'll ever really need them. Um, and like smiles worshipfully at Jessica. Oh. <laughs> but um, Lila kind of notices <laughs> that instead of like reveling in Paula's adoration, Jess was kind of pretending not to notice. She was looking around the group at everyone but Paula. What a waste of perfectly good admiration, thought Lila. <laughs> good point <laughs> very fair <laughs> so uh paula says i don't mind not performing just watching you gives me a goal to work towards jessica <sighs> and jessica turns to stare at paula with a challenge in her cold eyes but paula's gaze doesn't falter and after a few moments it's jessica who abruptly <gasps> turns away oh score one to paula <laughs> <gasps> so that night um, Jessica is, as she said, home with Stephen. The others were all out. Uh, and it turns out Olivia won the contest. And it won't be Jessica's face that's all over town. It's the witches. Yeah, not Jessica or Bill. Because, yeah, apparently Olivia was keeping her design secret mm. uh, until the judges saw it. And, yeah, it's uh, a design that focuses on the witches and most of all, Lila. So. <laughs> So yeah, she's um, Jessica. Of course, is disgusted by this. She's like, you know, they obviously don't know anything about marketing this play. She's like a beautiful blonde tragic queen would sell a lot more tickets than ugly shriveled witches. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so she kind of she's she's just very unimpressed by all of this and says, you yeah. know, her part is is the biggest one, and surely Lady Macbeth should be the one on the poster. But um, yeah, and she also blames Liz for this turn yeah. of events. That's really but, fair. She but Stephen says, yeah, Stephen kind of is like, look, you know very well she didn't make the decision. The judges did. And Jessica's like, she didn't even try to influence them. <laughs> she knew how important this was to me. And Stephen's like, yeah, you should be proud of her for staying objective. It's like, mm. like that is that is not the argument to win Jessica over. No, my God. She doesn't know what objectivity means. <laughs> no. Well, uh, by the way, Lila isn't happy about this either because she doesn't want to be plastered all over town dressed as a witch. Mm. So uh, Stephen asks after Lila, Jessica admits she hasn't really seen any of her friends properly recently, except Paula. Um, and she feels that they don't want to see her. They all were out, out with, uh, together at Seca Lake and she wasn't invited. And now we see a, a clear example of Paula lying again because she told Jessica, apparently, that she suggested that the others invite her. But Lila and Amy said not to bother. Aha, uh-huh, yes. So some of the... The machinations are on show here now to us, at least, because, yeah, they, as far as Jessica knows, uh, Lila and Amy had said that she'd be too busy practicing her lines. There was no point in asking her to it. And Stephen's kind of like, it sounds like a misunderstanding, you know, and you can see why they think that surely, because you have been pretty focused. And again, even even with this kind of like bit of storytelling thrown in, it's like it still makes Jess look paranoid if she tries to complain about it. Yes, exactly. Um, but so Jessica decides, look, she needs to spend time with her friends away from school with no Macbeth. Mm. Um, so she decides she's going to head to the Dairy Burger. So she jumps up, she knocks over the bowl of pretzels Stephen was eating. And I like this. Prince Albert appears out of nowhere and greedily began eating <laughs> pretzels off the carpet. Good for you, Prince Albert. 
Oh, good for you. You get those pretzels. <laughs> so Jessica's in a good mood as she heads over. She thinks that's going to do her the world of good. Um, hanging with her friends, mm. just like old times. But of course, when she enters the Dairy Burger, she's stunned. She's constantly being stunned in this, in this episode. <laughs> it's just constant stunning for her. Um, yeah, because she, she walks in to find uh, across the room in a corner booth, there's Paula with Sam. Oh! <gasps> Who could have seen that coming? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, and apparently Paula looked anything but shy now. So she uh, she seems to have taken all of Jessica's advice about her appearance. Her makeup looks amazing. Her hair is shimmering. Uh, she's wearing a, a sexy dress. And Jess is most surprised by the way she's acting. Because Paula's oh, kind of leaning across the table. She's like whispering something in Sam's ear oh. and laughing. Sam is laughing too. He looks like he's having a great time. Uh, and then she hears Lila's voice calling her because, of course, her whole gang of friends are over in a nearby booth as well and now Jess is like why didn't I just stay home why have I come here and having to see all this this is terrible (laughs) so um yeah they're they are really happy to see her and they say the Paula was here but um she left half an hour ago and they think she actually is still around but um so they haven't seen her with Sam Mm. and they all say how great she is and how Jessica has you know really worked wonders on her and um, Jessica says that she has no I didn't have done a thing and I think she was always a lot more sociable than she let on and it's actually kind of convincing because Jessica feels miserable and confused and she just feels like everything's out of control and like her life is not in her own uh, hmm. hands anymore it's like Paula is pulling strings yeah so Sam spots Jessica and comes over with Paula and Paula's like oh little old me how surprised <laughs> to see you and Jessica just cannot even speak to her because she's so annoyed and she also feels kind of panicky and uh and pa- and and almost gaslit because she feels that whatever she suspects about Paula nobody will believe her and she has no proof and it's mm. still you know she's basically being messed with yeah so she says oh Stephen's waiting for me runs away so Sam pursues her out to the car park and he's like, you said you were studying. And he's like, well, you said you would be here. So I came to see you. And she didn't say she didn't expect him to to see him flirting with Paula. But um, she he's like, look, we were talking about dirt bikes and um, you're just a, you're just paranoid. And she says that she's not being paranoid. Paula is trying to sabotage her and goes on about it so long that Sam actually gets annoyed yeah uh yeah he kind of says look you're making me angry and i see what's going on your little protege is ready to make her own friends and you can't handle that and like in fairness to sam that kind of that would all track for jessica Mm -hmm. like in normal times but uh yeah he kind of he kind of walks off not impressed at all with her and kind of yells back he's like what do you want jess to control paula she's not your puppet you know and then we get the most wonderful piece of like talking to self (laughs) action that you just know we love here (laughs) So when uh, when Sam says, you know, she's not your puppet. <laughs> no, Jessica whispered, but I may be hers. <laughs> My notes just say, yes! <laughs> Exclamation marks. <laughs> yeah, mine just say, chef's kiss. Lovely bit of whispering to self there. <laughs> well, we cut to the Oracle office. It's Tuesday now. It's a few days to opening night. And Liz is excited that the play is the lead entertainment story in the Sweet Valley News with a big picture of the witches. Apparently they all posed for, you know, press photos mm. a few days ago. <laughs> the posters arrived. They look great. They're organising, you know, the who's going to do all the, the hanging 
postering. Um, anybody who's been in a band will have done some postering in their time. It's not much fun, but Paula signed up for it as well, of course. Uh, she's so helpful. And Liz says, Mr. Goodman told me that Paula even helped the judges with the paperwork when they were choosing the winning poster. Hmm. Hmm. So uh, nobody, she didn't even, you know, she like doesn't like to blow around trumpet she didn't tell anybody she was helping them but mr goodman said she was invaluable mm. um and also loads of critics are going to be turning up but now they haven't heard of the la times yet what a fucking surprise <laughs> but <laughs> cynthia chang from the sweet valley news is going to be there and um a few magazines and stuff um are all going to be sending reviewers to the opening <laughs> night so um yeah winston just like wishes that they were sending reviewers to a later pr- rehearsal or later performance but Liz of course says that like reviewers have to come early to let the public know if, um, mm. if they think it's worth seeing so basically it sounds like the place is going to be almost sold out uh, to because like it's going to be full of the, the <laughs> international press <laughs> yeah LA Arts Magazine are sending a reviewer as well like it's it's a uh... The sensational amount of reviewers and critics apparently are going to be going to this thing. So, yeah, the, the tickets are sure to sell out and uh, the publicity uh, train is fully going ahead. And uh, yeah, Annie is kind of like, like are there going to be any tickets left for the second yeah. week? Because like her mom is still in New York. She's like, she won't be back in town until then. But um, the, Robin is kind of like, oh, you're OK for next week, but I wouldn't wait until last minute. So, yeah, everyone's just like, oh, and this person's coming and this person's coming. So, yeah, it's going to be a packed house, it seems like. It certainly will. And the obviously the Wakefields and Todd and Stephen will be there, but um, Annie says she's glad that Sam's still coming because Jessica apparently told them that there was you know tension between them after the Dairy Burger on Friday, and she tells Liz that she's worried about Jessica and she just feels like she's being just really acting up. She's basically singling Paula out to to kind of as her as her target and she's goes to pieces when Paula's around she snaps at her one minute she apologizes the next and she's obsessed with her when she's not around <laughs> she just keeps talking about her and Liz knows this is true um she knows it's more than jealousy whatever mm. you know Sam might have said she thinks that Jessica actually seems afraid of Paula but that doesn't make sense Edith thinks that uh, Jessica looks just having Paula as a punching bag more or less and the others agree and it's actually completely in character well, this is it, yeah. <laughs> like, in fairness to Paula, she is playing a blinder, like, and this all absolutely tracks in terms of Jessica's behaviour. <laughs> so we cut to Casey's, where Lila is not happy, because there's a Macbeth <laughs> poster, and that is not, what, as Lila says, what I want to face after a hard evening of power shopping. <laughs> <laughs> She's a busy woman. <laughs> so she blames Liz for, for it, but Paula's like, Liz doesn't choose, didn't choose it, and then she sort of shows her true colours just for a little moment. Because uh, she says oh. she makes a face and uh, Paula makes a face and says, at least she didn't get them to pick oh. a design that featured Jessica looking melodramatic. And Lila <laughs> raises her eyebrows. Like, yeah she kind of thinks to herself god paula's got more backbone than i thought uh and kind of says god i didn't think i'd ever hear any criticism of jessica wakefield from you but you're right jess's head is too swelled up as it is and they call us the weird sisters <laughs> so she um she kind of says she doesn't have much time for either of the twins right now because she couldn't believe jess or that liz sent on the uh, sent the newspaper the photograph of her like that so i suppose that was the, the photo of the witches that uh turned up in the article so um amy's like oh, i never would have guessed you're upset about it you wouldn't complained about it 300 times today <laughs> well jessica or lila has uh has decided that um 
She's uh, she's going to do everything she can to keep people from associating me with the witch. The slow smile spreads across her face. They'll hardly even know I'm on stage. And Davy says, double, double, toilet trouble. Me thinks you're cooking up some scheme. <laughs> and, uh, and Lila mysteriously says, let's just say that opening night may hold a few surprises for everyone. <gasps> So the next day, Liz comes outside study hall, uh, leaves her study hall and finds Paula sort of hovering outside like she's waiting for her and says, oh, you know, you could have just called in for me at the Oracle office. And um, Paula says, I was just walking by. I didn't even know you had study hall. And Elizabeth hadn't mentioned what she was just doing. So she's like, "Eh, it seems like you did know. But of course, she's just mildly amused by this. Yeah. So um, Paula sort of covers stupidly like, oh, I guess I heard you spent study hall from uh, uh, Babbles on. And um, Liz doesn't really care because she's got news. Yeah, she's just spoken to the LA Times entertainment editor and they're getting a reviewer on opening night. (laughs) Ridiculously. (laughs) Okay, fine. If you say so. Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just believe. We'll just all agree to believe. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Liz isn't going to see... So, oh, first of all, of course, Paula is literally stunned again, like half, mm. the, half the characters in this book. <laughs> That's fantastic. And Liz won't see Jessica until after school, so she knows that Paula will see her before then, so asks her to pass on the news. And, of course, Paula agrees, and Elizabeth says, thanks, Paula, I owe you one. No, you don't, Paul. <laughs> Seriously, you don't owe me a thing. Oh my God! Stab, stab, stab! Like she's dead. <laughs> Fucking hell! So obvious. <laughs> it's brilliant. So later at lunch, Lila asks for suggestions for her big cast party, but Jessica feels left out. She feels that like Lila's just looking at Amy and Paula for suggestions and not even catching Jessica's eye. And the jokey about having, you know, witch's brew punch and uh, finger food with a pilot's thumb. Um, <laughs> and uh, they can't, uh, you know, they, they're just all sort of joking away like they've been a gang forever. And Lila says she can't wait for the party to... Um, even though Amy says, you can't deny your witchiness forever. Lila <laughs> says that uh, when Friday's performance is over, I plan to change into that fabulous dress last night and forget all about pilot's thumbs, filthy air and rats without tails. And then Jessica has another shock because Paul has got some more inside info. Yeah, so she knows exactly the dress that uh, that Lila's talking about and reveals that they all went shopping um, the night before, that uh, they shopped for a while, went and got an ice cream at Casey's. And Jess, of course, feels really left out. And Paula's like, oh, we're sorry, Jessica. Of course, they would have loved to have you with us. Uh, and Jessica can see Lila rolling her eyes at Amy. But uh, like Paula kind of continues, she's like, you know, we knew you'd want to rehearse last night and you really need your sleep. You said you've been having trouble sleeping lately, but that's not surprising. We all know how hard you've been working. And Jess kind of has to just feel cool and just say, yeah, I guess I was busy last night. So it's just they're all such a little gang now, obviously, without Jessica. And she really is feeling it like and her feelings are hurt, which is fair. But again, it's all just being done in this very sneaky way where like poor Jess is kind of being gaslit into well, being gaslit out of the group, basically, altogether. (laughs) And the worst moment is um, 
is when Paula just sort of ignores, you know, gets tired of reassuring Jessica in her fake way and goes back to talking about their shopping trip and says she wishes she could afford the dress she saw in Lisette's. And Lila offers to buy it for her. And Jessica's like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> she and, L- and Lila have been friends forever and Lila's never offered to buy her a dress. And um, finally, everybody notices that Jessica is uncharacteristically silent. And she's like, oh, it's just nerves. And Paula says something about the critic coming. And of course, Jessica is stunned that um, she hasn't heard anything about this. Because of course, Paula didn't pass on the message. And now thinks that Paula is stealing Sam, Jessica's girlfriends, and even her twin. (gasps) And there's nothing she can do to stop her. Oh, my God. (gasps) So it's dress rehearsal, dress rehearsal, and Jessica is giving it her all. It's quite a spectacular performance. Yeah, she's she's doing unreal. She's this tension mounting as she speaks. Like it's she's like she is very good at this. Um, but uh, yeah, as she's talking, something something about the words she's been reciting made her feel panicky. Uh, and Jessica realizes she was thinking of Paula because oh yeah, there's there's a line about um no compunctious visitings of nature shake my fell purpose. And she kind of starts to wonder if Paula has some kind of fell purpose of her own, but what is it? Um, so she's kind of, she kind of shudders remembering Stephen's little tale about the, the, the play being cursed. Um, and it's funny because she's kind of, she's a bit freaked because it's like, she's, she's stressed out when Paula is around because she knows she's up to something. But then when Paula isn't around, she's still stressed out. Yeah. She's just like, Oh God, what is she up to? Where is she? And <laughs> what's she doing? And who is she talking to? So Jess is just kind of freaked out and stressed the whole time, really. But like, she manages to finish out her monologue and there's a big burst of applause and she knows she's, she's never done it better. But like, yeah. even with all her stress and, and being freaked, she is still managing to nail this like and do really well. But like, she has a lot on her mind at the minute. She does. And Winston tells her a lot of theatre people swear that good dress rehearsal means a lousy performance. If that was true, we're going to bob big time tomorrow because tonight, <laughs> Lady M, we are incredible. <laughs> And Jessica hears thunder and she wonders for a second how Emily has done such a good sound effect, but then realizes that it's a real storm a coming. She wonders if it's part of the Macbeth curse. Um, so uh, the air outside feels thick and oppressive. Even backstage, Jessica felt as if she were suffocating. Suddenly, she was terrified. <gasps> oh my God, the tension. But also, we should take a little break and do our ad before we totally forget. <laughs> I was just going to say on that dramatic pause. <laughs> We need to take a break because, as you know, we are members of the Headstuff Podcast Network and we always like to share with you another podcast from the network. And this week, it's The World According to Wikipedia. Yeah, so this, uh, The World According to Wikipedia, is a show that takes a good long look at the inner workings of Wikipedia and the people that keep it running. So we're brought through it by Rebecca and Fanula. Uh, Rebecca is a longtime Wikipedia editor. Uh, so they go through all the wiki questions that people want to know the answers to. They chat to Wikipedia editors, experts and advocates to explore the oddly complex world of Wikipedia. Mm. So they've just started, I think, season three. So there's absolutely loads to get stuck into. You know, maybe we should give them a shout and see if they can give us any insight on the weird little synopsis from the Sweet Valley <laughs> ITV episodes because we don't know what the hell is going on over on that page. Crossover so, episode! There you go. That's there the ladies to talk to, I would say. But uh, yeah, you can have a little taste of the world according to Wikipedia here now.
The World According to Wikipedia is a podcast that dons an old-fashioned diving suit to take a deep dive into the depths of Wikipedia with your intrepid hosts, Rebecca and Fanula. Each episode, we will talk to someone from the Wikimedia community, exploring topics such as harnessing the viral meme potential of Wikipedia articles, why librarians are Wikipedia's biggest fans, how Wikimedians created the largest photography competition in the world ever, and why do some Wikimedians love soft toys so much? Subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where, in the Cassadale Wakefield, Jessica is freaking out to a prince! Prince Albert, that is. <laughs> of course, yes. Or fave. Oh. Um, so she is basically pacing the room and talking to the dog. Yeah. Uh, she's just like, what if Stephen's right? What if it really is a cursed play? What if I fall flat on my face tonight? Forget my lines. And as ever, Prince Albert is amazing uh, because he kind of tilts his head and looks at her quizzically <laughs> because he is a cartoon dog and we love him. <laughs> we do love him. He's the best Wakefield. He truly is. So, uh, yeah, she. it's raining and because it never Rains as we valley, she thinks mm. it was the Macbeth curse. I mean, never go to Scotland where this place is. <laughs> this should be a good moment. It's the pathetic fallacy of Sweet Valley. Yes. <laughs> so apparently, Liz is uh, Jessica's home alone. Um, her parents are at work, and Liz is staying behind to put together press kits for the reviewers. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's going to get a lift down with Todd, and then she's going to change, and they're going to go into the school together for the play. And there's like literally about three pages of Jessica freaking out, forgetting her mm. lines, remembering her lines, just the usual pre play jitters. Yeah. Then the phone rings, and it's Paula. Yeah, so she kind of tenses up when she hears that uh, the voice is Paula's uh, and she kind of thinks, God, Paula is just the last person she wants to talk to. But she couldn't deny the terror she heard in the girl's voice. Something was really wrong. So she says, yeah, it's me. And uh, Paula pleads that she needs her help. She says, I don't know what to do. You're the only person I really trust. Um, And Jess is like, what's going on? She's like, stop crying and tell me where you are and what's wrong. And Paula explains that she's at a gas station in Cold Springs calling from a payphone. She says, Jessica, it's my father and starts crying again. So like through the phone, Jess can hear a crash of thunder in the background at the same time as she heard it outside her own window. Interesting, considering she's in Cold Springs. But uh, yeah, Paula apparently stifles a nervous scream and Jessica is really feeling for her and her heart's going out to her. And she's like, God, you know, as upset as she allowed herself to get about the play, she knew that her own troubles were trivial compared to Paula's and how frightened she was of her dad. So Paula kind of explains that there's this awful man that knows her dad, but got in touch with her to say that her dad was in hospital in Cold Springs and she should come fast, that it sounded really serious. Uh, and she said she didn't know what to do and couldn't tell the people that she lives with because they were friends of her mother's and they'd never let her go. And Jess is kind of like, I thought you were afraid of your dad. Why would you want to go see him? And Paula's like, oh, you know, it must be hard for you to understand. Your own family is so wonderful. You know, I hate my father, but he's still my father and I don't have anyone else. Uh, so she thought he was sick. So she took a bus there to see him, which is why she wasn't in school today. But Jessica, the whole thing was a lie. So apparently her dad was perfectly fine, just drunk and wanted money, said he'd have to that she'd have to stay and live with him from now on. So she sneaked away, but he took all her money and uh, she's just standing stranded now at a phone booth uh, looking for help. So, uh, yeah, she's like, will you come and get me? What am I going to do? 
I mean, I'm, I'm, this is Paul. I'm sorry, Jessica's showing more compassion than she ever would in any other book. And mostly, she's like, this sounds like a Liz problem. Maybe just wait. Well, <laughs> someone will come and get you. It is not going to be me. Oh <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, for 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 the sake of the drama, mm. Jessica, of course, agrees to go and. Um, yeah, she thinks that she has plenty of time to pick her up and get the boat back to the school. And she's going to leave Liz a note and she asks Paula for directions and um, gets ready to set off. So later, Liz arrives home. There is no note. Um, no. So she's a bit worried about Jessica and she wonders if she's with Paula. But um, so she decides she's going to ring Paula's house and or and find out you know if Jessica is there and because mm. she has that copy of the cast list with all the details that she got off Frank earlier on for the pro- for the um program mm. she has the number and when she rings the number she's got a little surprise well she does uh because when she kind of hears this older woman answer and say this is the Perrine residence Liz is kind of confused because Paula had said she was living with friends of her mother so she's like just Paula Perrine live here? I'm Liz Wakefield, one of her friends from Sweet Valley High. And this woman's like, oh, I've heard so much about you. Sweet of you to call. I'm Paula's mother. <gasps> her mother? Oh, my God. Her dead yeah. mother? Her dead mother back from the grave. But yeah, so she kind of says, you know, we've been here for more than a month, but I haven't met any of Paula's new friends. I don't know why she hasn't invited you over. And Liz obviously doesn't know what the fuck to say, but apparently Mrs. Perrine is very chatty and kind oh, of yeah, she is. carries on talking. And she's like, um, oh, you know, Paula's not home right now. Her brother, Marty, took her to the mall to do some last minute shopping. Uh, she said she found the perfect dress dress for the cast party. I'm so proud of Paula for playing the lead. And Liz is like, what the fuck? The lead? And what about Paula's dead mother and her runaway brother and the abuse of father? So she's like, what is going on? <laughs> the entire web of lies is what's going on. Absolutely. <laughs> There's, abs- oh, it's, it's just nothing that this crazy bitch has said is true. <laughs> Not a thing. Yeah, because she kind of, Liz kind of tries to to like delicately ask uh, for more detail and kind of says, oh, does that mean that you and Mr. Perrine will be attending the play? Uh, and Paula's mom is like, oh, I'll be there with Marty. But uh, but the, the kid's father died more than 10 years ago. I'm surprised Paula never mentioned it. Uh, so she's like, well, I'm sure you'll want to be getting ready for the play. I won't keep you. Lovely chatting with you. I'll tell Paula you called. And Liz is like, oh, uh, no, that's OK. I have a feeling I'll see her tonight. <laughs> so Uh-oh. as she hangs up, Liz is kind of thinking she kind of realizes just how many lies Paula has been telling everybody and it was only Jess that suspected Paula was hiding <gasps> something and no one not even her own sister had believed her a loud clap of thunder made Elizabeth <laughs> jump now Jessica was missing <laughs> oh I'm so glad that nature has obliged by you know adding to the ridiculous drama oh, oh it just wouldn't be the same in blazing sunshine no. <laughs> um meanwhile of course Jessica is hopelessly lost oh. and uh, First of all, she realizes she forgot to leave a note for Liz. And then she gets a, the roadmap out of the glove compartment and realizes that Paula gave her completely messed up directions. And this is all basically a scheme. Hmm. Um, so she wants to just give up and start crying, but she's not ready to give up yet. So she sees a phone booth a block ahead and uh, decides that she's going to ring Mr. Goodman and get him to hold the curtain because she's going to make tonight's performance if it was the last thing she ever did. Oh my god! 
So she does. She gets to the phone. She rings him. Uh, he she gets hold of him, which I didn't think mm. was going to happen. And no. says there's an emergency. Um, and he's like, "Where are you? I expected you here by now." And he's like, "It's a long story, but I'm you know I'm not the first few scenes anyway. I'll be there in less than an hour. If you can hold this curtain for 15 minutes, I can make it." And he's like, "The show must go on as scheduled, Miss Wakefield." But don't worry, Paula is already in costume and ready to go on. <laughs> That sneaky little bitch. <gasps> well, we cut to the auditorium where Liz is uh, is taking her seat with Todd and Sam. And they did, Liz did talk to Mr. Goodman. So they know that Jessica is okay. But hmm. um, they also know that Paula has like, you know, tricked her into yeah. missing the show. And she can't believe that Paula's going to get away with this. And Sam is sure that the truth will come out before the night is over. <sighs> So Jessica slips in through the back door and takes a seat next to Je- next to Elizabeth as Paula walks on stage, and she's uh, she's transfixed by Paula's performance, which really seems to mirror Paula herself, um, <laughs> because uh, she's say she's basically like channeling her own lust for glory in the well. <laughs> And Jessica admits under her breath, I guess this is a whisper, the little serpent does a great lady. <laughs> yeah, but she, she does have to admit that Paula is doing a great job. Apparently her Lady Macbeth is positively chilling, as you say, not unlike Paula herself. Uh, majestic, determined and cruel, but it still wasn't as incredible as Paula's offstage act had been. So... Jess kind of watches the rest of the play and there's, she's a, there's a whole mix of emotions going on because she's mesmerised by Paula but also sickened by her. There's no denying she's a good actress but still Jess of course wants to be on stage herself so the whole thing is very difficult and confusing for her I'm sure. But uh, yeah Liz kind of, the curtain falls and Liz kind of says let's not wait around for the curtain calls. Paula's real encore is coming at the cast party. So they all <laughs> slip away. And after the show, they head in two separate cars to Fowler Crest for the big bash. And um, Liz has told Jessica the whole backstory about Paula's family. And when um, Sam and, and Jessica are a little bit behind Liz and Todd. So when Liz and Todd go in, it's like the party is uh, is jumping. All the, the, the press are there. <laughs> The jag of the Sweet Valley News is a, is amazed by Bill, how he's a real professional, but the biggest hit of the evening is Paula Perrine, and it's hard to believe she's an understudy. And when Paul then Paula enters, and it's just ridiculous. So it's like I don't know, like somebody in the Joan Crawford coming <laughs> <laughs> in after a premiere in nineteen thirty. <laughs> yes, it's very old timey Hollywood party or something because she walks in uh, to the centre of a room. Yeah, a crowd is gathering. Wild applause started as more people caught sight of Paula, who was promenading in on the arm of Frank O'Donnell. Flashbulbs lit up her dazzling smile. And like Lila greets her warmly. They begin laughing together like they're best friends. Like everybody is just in awe of Paula's performance uh, and just thinks she was amazing. And of course, everybody thinks she's great because nobody knows yet about the web of lies she's been spinning all over the school up to now. But uh, yeah, Amy is just gushing about how brilliant she is. She's like, it's hard to believe someone as sweet and shy as you are could be so good at playing a ruthless, ambitious villain. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, Cynthia Chang says, your parents must be very proud. And Paula says, my mother is just thrilled. And Elizabeth notices a flicker of confusion on Lila's face. But then Winston whispers something rude into her ear and she turns to stick her tongue out at him and forgets all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Paula's been going on about her, like, horrible, like abusive father with the fact that she's left the, with him because of her dead mother mm. but um, yeah everybody's um, you know gushing over her. Annie can't believe Jessica missed the play and Paula tells some bollocks about some like oh Jessica called her and said she had to put an errand in Cold Springs and I guess she didn't care about it after all you know how flighty she could be and everyone laughs I'd like they Yes, they know she's flighty, but they know she also was obsessed with this play. Mm. And this upstart who's been there for two minutes does not get to talk shit about her. Elizabeth is repulsed. So am I. Fair, yeah. I mean, really, Jess's friends had no fucking loyalty to her whatsoever. Like, But um, yeah, so is it Todd arrives up and says, you know, I'm here and so is Jess. Yes. So Paula is crowing about how, you know, I always knew I'd make a great Lady Macbeth. I've been practicing the role all my life. Uh, it's been my dream since I was a little girl. Suddenly a different voice filled the room. I know it was, said Jessica, striding toward her understudy. <laughs> The crowd even parts <laughs> silently. Like, holy shit, lads. This drama is fantastic. <laughs> it's good to have a sense of drama, which I appreciate as well. You know, you've got to hand it to them. They love their smooth jazz. They love the drama. Like, <laughs> Don't we all? So Paul has a sort of an evil smile. Her eyes look like grey ice. And of course, someone turns off the music. And it's like, yeah, they have a sense of drama. They get it. <laughs> Because Jessica repeats the words, oh yes, you do anything to achieve your dream. You pretend to be too shy to step on stage and then become my understudy behind my back. And then you'd lie about being in trouble to get me out of the way for tonight. And we're told that despite her jeans and sweatshirt, Jessica looks regal. Whereas um, Paula stares at her haughtily and she's still wearing her stage eye makeup and uh, it looks makes her look older and very dramatic. And Elizabeth feels as if she's watching a movie. <laughs> And Paula goes into full cartoon villain mode. So I guess I feel like I'm watching a movie too. <laughs> True. She laughs scornfully and says, you're just jealous. You've been jealous of me from the moment I moved here. And Jessica's like, that's what you wanted everyone to think. It was all part of your plan. And you convinced them all, right? That innocent act of yours was a better performance than anything we've seen tonight. So like in fairness to Jess, she's keeping the head. She's very yeah. calm. Yeah. And she's just pointing out all the facts here and then like Liz walks forward quietly to stand next to Sam who is obviously beside Jess and then Todd follows so there's a little kind of gang forming around Jessica so it's a proper little face off uh, and Jess is like you knew how much I wanted to play that role but you also knew that off stage I'd never be the Lady Macbeth you are you knew that when it came down to it I'd risk my ambition to help a friend in trouble now I'm sorry that does not sound like Jessica I know because well, then she says something you would never do and my notes just say in enormous letters neither would you you. <laughs> yes, like you were kind of banking on a lot here, Paula. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Jess goes on and says, you know, so you called me crying. You said you've been stranded by your abusive father, your father who died 10 years ago. <laughs> 
Apparently her voice carried the wing of twist and Paula tells her she's paranoid as ever. But only a few people laugh this time and Lila steps away from her and joins uh, the small group gathering behind Jessica. Now, I think they're really overdoing the the, see, the sort of gesture of solidarity that was actually really effective when people stood with Lila in yes. um, Don't Go Home With John. And now it's like, True. ah, this is not the same thing. But anyway. No, this is kind of silly, but it's this is funny. Whereas with the in the, in the Don't Go Home With John scene, it was very powerful. Whereas yes, here, it's, it is just kind of comedic more than anything. Because Amy and Annie slowly follow her. So it starts feeling like it's a musical or something. Well, it's something. Like, Dance When you're sweet valley, you're sweet valley all the way. From your first dairy burger to your last Well, Jessica says your plan worked perfectly. You played Lady Macbeth in the opening performance. You won, Paula. People like you always win. And Paula's like, ha ha ha, that's the first sensible thing you've said all evening. Think of it tomorrow morning when you're reading my name and all the reviews. (laughs) She glides out of the room. Oh my God. Like she even sweeps her flowers off the table as she goes. <sighs> and like Frank O'Donnell and a few of her classmates followed her out. And it's like, ah, who's after following her out? Oh. Come on now. <laughs> well, they'll regret that because she's never going to be heard of again. True. <laughs> the bitch is out of here. <laughs> so, of course, everybody starts fucking clapping for Jessica. Mm-hmm. Explode. The room explodes in applause. Uh, and everyone hugs her. And Elizabeth's never seen her sister look happier. <laughs> so we cut to the casa the next day everyone's there Jessica has her friends back it's amazing um, <laughs> and uh, the only thing that mars such a perfect day is the noise coming from the Beckwiths next door because um, they're moving out straight away even though the house hasn't <clears throat> sold yet they're, um, they have to go so uh, Prince Albert's craving attention uh, but Elizabeth orders him get down I'm busy go bother Todd she pushed the dog towards her boyfriend. Oh, poor Prince Albert. Poor Prince Albert. <laughs> so I have to say that Jessica is taking this last night scenario very much better than I thought she would. Because she says, like, she didn't lose her friends. The only thing she lost was my chance for stardom. Those theatre critics won't be back for the show tonight or the performances next weekend. Oh, well, easy come, easy go. That does not seem in character for her none none of that seems like jessica to be honest like she like to be honest i was really surprised that paula actually pulled it off and Mm. stole opening night from her because Mm. usually well even (laughs) usually with that kind of thing it'll be a twin switch the last minute or something but obviously they couldn't get liz to suddenly be lady Macbeth, considering all the work jess had put into it but like yeah i was surprised that paula actually did win that round yeah i mean it's it's, I guess it's, quite, I was going to say realistic, but that is not the right word. <laughs> that, yeah, no, Sweet Valley and realistic do not belong together in any kind of sentence. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, Jessica is still happy that she's going to get to play it for the rest of the performances. And she, mm. Wow, the people who really count. And Annie says that actually Paula was kind of just, unsurprisingly, because it was her personality in real life. She came across as totally evil, whereas Jessica gave the part more depth. Mm-hmm. And um, she's curious about who the new neighbours will will be next door. So it's such a big fuss is being made over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Winston uh, is greeted by a jolly Prince Albert who is happy to... You know, I like the fact that Prince Albert sparks and wags his tail when he sees Winston. And he's got <laughs> the LA Times and there's a great review. And um, 
yes, they do praise Paula, but they praise uh, Bill and Winston himself. And not only that, but Lila Fowler. That's right, yeah. Uh, apparently, yeah, Lila Fowler's interpretation of the first witch was secretive and sullen, <laughs> providing a stark but interesting contrast to the gruesome hilarity of the other witches. And Lila's like, what do they mean by that? I may not have been as gruesome as Annie and Rosa, but I certainly showed as much hilarity. And Winston's like, no way, you acted like you didn't want anyone to recognise you. And apparently she kept hiding behind the scenery. <laughs> I have to say, the fact he says, no way, Fowler, that's a bit of, there's no, there, I think there's mm, sparks I see. Because then true. she says, as silly as you looked at those orange tights, maybe you should have hidden behind something too. Though These are the forgeries of jealousy, quotes Winston. <laughs> You're just jealous because not everyone can wear orange as well as I can, because I got to wear bright colours and show my legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, apparently, um, Everybody was impressed by Winston or by Lila's performance, but Annie thought she'd die that when, uh, <laughs> when during uh, a line about pig's blood, Lila whispered, "Oh, gross!" <laughs> <laughs> and Lila's like, "It was a gross line." The audience couldn't hear me, and everybody's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" So Lila gives up, and she's got a new uh, goal for the future of the role. Oh God. Yeah. She says from this minute forward, I will love being a witch in tonight's performance. I'll be the most happily contented and hilariously gruesome witch anybody has ever seen. I'll show you all. (laughs) And Winston senses some dastardly plot. But speaking of dastardly plots, who should turn up but fucking Paula? Honestly, like she's got some neck really walking in here. But like... Because she seems so smart and sneaky, I don't understand her in this scene. Because yeah. she kind of, she wanders in all cheerful and she's like, hi everybody, like standing at the edge of the pool. And Prince Albert comes over and sniffs her again. Paula shoves him away like, oh, oh God. But Jessica does note that the dog is the only one who greeted her with enthusiasm because uh, Paula somehow doesn't seem to notice yeah. that everyone else is looking at her with outright hostility. I don't buy um, not at all. So Liz is kind of like, hey, Paula, we're kind of surprised you'd come here today. And Paula's just like, oh, did you see the reviews? The Times loved us. My mother's compiling the clippings. And Lila's like, yeah, we've heard about your mother. And Paula kind of just carries on like she hasn't heard any of this. And she's like, oh, it'll be so great at the casting calls on Broadway. It's so exciting. And Jessica's kind of like, um, yeah, I guess I thought you would have had enough excitement uh, last night. Taking advantage of someone's friendship can be pretty exhausting. And Paula kind of laughs. She's like, oh, sour grapes, Jessica. I should have expected such a reaction from you. You're hopelessly naive about the way show business really works. Admit it, I was a better Lady Macbeth uh, than you'll ever be. And you said it last night. I've won and that's all that's important. You'll never be a professional actress now. In her house. In her house with all her friends who quite clearly took Jess's side last night. So I don't get how Paula is this oblivious. But like Sam stands up with his fist clenched and he's like, I think you should leave, Paula. Uh, And Paula's kind of like, oh, be real, Sam. Wouldn't you rather rather spend your time with a winner? Maria's like he already does and like everyone's kind of like Paula like what are you doing here uh Amy kind of says I hope you do go to New York because you sure aren't welcome here and it's only now that Paula actually looks around yeah and sees and kind of registers the unfriendly expression on everyone's faces and Paula's expression slowly crumpled into one of surprise confusion and hurt like she's like I don't understand I thought you'd all be happy for me why 
Why you don't you think this? It's so weird. But Jess is like, yeah, you clearly don't understand because like these are my friends and they care about me. Like, of course, people don't like being lied to consistently and for you to just breeze in and act like nothing happened. So Jess kind of like, do you know what? I actually can't even be mad at you. I feel sorry for you. Yeah. And Liz is like, yeah, you should get out of here, Paula. And then <laughs> and Paula, Paula goes, just... full villain. <laughs> Oh, villain. And you love to see it, to be fair. I do love to see it because she screams, you're all as naive as Jessica is. You can't understand someone who isn't afraid to go after what she wants. Why don't you all grow up? And then mm. Prince Albert saves the day. Oh, God. She turns to stalk out, but trips over Prince Albert and lands with a splash in the swimming pool. Hooray! <laughs> and everyone starts laughing and Jessica tries to help Paula out of the pool. But Paula shoves her away and runs away dripping not even crying (laughs) and jessica stays dramatic and and quotes one of her lines from the play it says there's a knocking at the gate what's done cannot be undone and then everyone's across a fucking moment of silence jesus christ (laughs) but then winston says so who's up for a lila fowler lookalike contest and lila knocks into the pool <laughs> but then she loses her balance and falls into, <laughs> and then splashes at Jessica, who jumps in on top of her. Oh, so we cut to the show that night. Lila's acting up a storm, or sorry, Je- uh, Lila's is acting up a storm, and she's really going for the witch part. She throws her arms out dramatically, <laughs> and she stands in front of Annie and Rosa. It is genuinely hilarious when she gives the when she does the line, "Here I have a pilot's thumb, whacked us homeward to he did come." She whispers, "Yum, yum." <laughs> I love that. I could just hear like one of the little gremlins from the film. Just going, yum, yum. <laughs> so Jessica is just loving it. And I actually think she's lucky to have Lila for a friend mm. and all her friends. And even yeah. though she's sorry she missed opening night. Um, and she says she was more disappointed about it than she would have admitted to anyone. But she'll have other chances. Yeah. And she also has Liz, who's wearing a red wig and stepping in as the gentlewoman. And... Um, Liz is, Jessica's delighted that she's doing the scene because Paula apparently didn't bother her arse showing up tonight. <laughs> and there's no one in the world she'd rather be on stage with than Liz. And Liz grins and says, not even Luke Berry. Nice early 90s reference. Oh, I, God, I was so it. excited by this. My notes in all caps are just like, Luke Berry, a 90s reference appropriate to teen girls. Never saw it coming. Yes. <laughs> it's, so, it's so unlike Sweet Valley where like not a few books ago it was Mick Jagger was the object <laughs> of her imaginary affections. Like, good God. Yes. Now it is somebody that girls actually fancied. In exactly. Early <laughs> yeah. Despite the fact that, of course, he did look... <laughs> way older well look we can't win them all we'll have to just take the vaguely appropriate references where they come and fairness he was the hottest one in uh, in I know know. Um, I mean mean, what was the competition Brandon and Steve Sanders (laughs) (laughs) but anyway uh, of course the uh, Jessica is amazing and afterwards they'll celebrate the dairy burger they toast the cast they toast Shakespeare uh, Winston gets down on his knees and bows before Jessica and uh, <laughs> Jessica picks up a fork and lights him with it and then Bill and Dee Dee come in and they've got a 
something behind their backs. Jessica says, what gives? And Bill says, actually, I do. Hey, <laughs> yeah, so he, he wants to hand a present over to Lila Fowler on behalf of the cast and crew for uh, their appreciation for her hosting the cast party the uh, the previous night. And Lila's delighted. She's like, oh my God, thank you so much. What is it? But Bill holds up the present and everyone hoots with laughter because it's a framed copy of Olivia's poster, which is the huge drawing of Lila as a witch. And every member of cast and crew has signed it. <laughs> so um, Lila looks at Winston and says, this, no doubt, this was your idea, Egbert. And he's like, he literally says, who me? Your fave. <laughs> <laughs> Always funny. <laughs> so Lila says, at least this means it's one less poster out in the streets for the people to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Liz chats with Annie, who reveals her mom will be coming back from New York to see next weekend's production. Um, and yeah, she has to go to New York a lot for work at the moment. Mm. Uh, Jessica thinks being a model is cool. Uh, so, you know, she's wondering maybe that's what she could do as well as, <laughs> as acting. And Robin's like, uh, I'm sorry, you've got enough to be going on with at the moment. You've got to go back to the cheerleading squad. And uh, Jessica vows that she's going to give it a roll. And then we get a little more uh, Winston Lila chemistry with a bit of a Shakespeare pun too, because he says, what about you, fair fowler? After <laughs> giving up your broomstick and great rest, return to your drab little life of money, fabulous parties and designer miniskirts. And Lila says, I most definitely am. Um, and uh, But she knows who is giving up her acting career. It's Paula. Yeah, apparently after uh, the performance last night, oh yes, it was the opening night, mm -hmm. Mr. Goodman had said he was thinking about helping her get an agent uh, in New York, but then was really mad, obviously, when she didn't show up the following night and mm. didn't bother to call. So uh, she heard him say he was, that she, that Paula, wasn't mature enough for a career in the theatre. And it's like, well, yeah, obviously, dude, because she's what, 16, 15? Yes. Like, come child. on now. Seriously, she is a child. She's but a anyway, yeah. younger than the others, so she was exactly. 15. So she's 15, Jesus so Christ. she has no business being carted off to New York in fairness now Mr. Goodman but yeah so um, there you go Paula apparently had this big opportunity and blew it in the end so I suppose Jessica kind of feels like well Paula's obviously done a terrible thing to everybody especially to Jessica but she's also fucked it for herself so yeah there you go good for her I mean yeah. bad for her you know what I, I mean, mean happy. Yeah. that's what she gets yes. <laughs> it's very hot here at the moment I think it's a miracle we've got through this episode it's amazing more confused don't know what's going on <laughs> so yeah and you feel sorry for paula i don't um don't give a fuck like no uh so uh jessica then asks about more about annie's mom's current modeling job apparently it's like tv and a magazine campaign mm. so she has to keep going back and forth to new york but we finish next week um but uh, and Annie doesn't know what's so special about this particularly job, particular job, but it must be a good one. I've never seen my mother so thrilled about an assignment. She's practically walking on air. Ooh. And that's the end of She's Not What She Seems. Can you read us out, please? What's in store for Annie and her mother? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 93, Stepsisters. <gasps> Now, warn everybody in advance, this is uh, Sweet Valley also trying to tackle racial issues, though in this case, it's more through the prism of clueless white people as opposed to racial violence. Mm. So just, I guess, be prepared for, for that. <laughs> I can remember there's some very cringeworthy scenes, but in fairness, they are meant to be cringeworthy. Okay, yeah. But I haven't read this book for 20 years. I do yeah. remember Cheryl is literally the most identifiable character in the history of Sweet Valley. Okay, 
okay oh this is the the most relatable girl that turns up is that yeah. you've, who you've been talking about yes I think I do I remember you said because I don't think I've read this one that's oh. coming up now Stepsisters or the, the next one after that so well, I'm, uh, beginning I'm of the end now we're nearly on oh, to look prom it. thriller it's prom thriller the jungle prom draws ever closer you guys <laughs> well before we move on there can you read us out uh, I did, but I will give you oh, stats and evidence. <laughs> stats and evidence. I swear okay. to God, I am Honestly. so hot. I we had a fan on earlier and I thought it was making a noise. So I turned it off. I'm going to turn it on again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize for any worrying in the background. Oh, look, we're all delirious this week. It has been 30 degrees in Ireland, which is not normal oh. <laughs> by any stretch. So we've all lost our minds slightly. Yeah. Um. So, yes, in terms of... What was I talking about? Stats and outfits. Here we go. <laughs> I got confused. I was doing the running out, reading outfit. <laughs> oh, look at We've made it this far. We can totally stick the landing. Okay. <laughs> so the Wakefield blondness got five mentions. Oh, okay. Pretty solid. Yeah. The Blue Green Eyes got four, which I feel like is quite a lot considering yeah. more recent books. Definitely, uh, yeah. Mr. Goodman's snowy hair got five shout outs, which seemed like a lot. <laughs> I did notice that. I was sort of picturing him as David Lynch. Oh, yes. Yes, because he also kept like brushing his hair out of his eyes. I was like, what's going on with this dude's hair? Mm. But yes, uh, his hair pretty much has a life of its own. And then Paula blushes seven times, which is Whoa. all when she's doing her little humble Paula act. But um, yes, in terms of outfits, we do have quite a few, actually. Uh, some of them now are just Paula's kind of boring outfits because when she's kind of pre-makeover, she wears a shapeless tan cardigan over an outdated jumper. Uh, which I mean, did they mean an like... American jumper? Oh yes, I always think jumper like a sweater, I guess. But yeah, she they meant jumper like a pinafore, isn't that what they? Yeah, I was mean? a bit confused by that. I I, I still mm. can't really get a fixed because my brain just thinks jumper. Yeah, same. <laughs> but no, the American version is, I think, closer to a pinafore. Um, then she also turns up in a faded plaid skirt. And clashing sweater but like a plaid skirt sounds very 90s to me I guess if yeah. it's faded it's not cool I don't know it sounds it kind of grungy cool. and cool yeah. to me though to be fair um then she turns up in oh yeah this is when she's uh all over Sam in the dairy burger I think she's wearing a sexy stylish dress Paula is a bright green floral print that leaves her shoulders bare <gasps> mm. Ooh, very saucy <laughs> um then Lila's dress for the cast party uh, is apparently amazing. It's because uh, it's Paula is describing it. It's this great cornflower blue dress that she got from Beebe's, which is pure silk, of course. Of course. <laughs> and slinky with all these little buttons on it, which does sound quite cool. Uh, hmm. And we also have another one that's coming up here. Oh, oh yes, this is... Uh, Paula walking into the cast party when she's basically, as you say, fucking Joan Crawford or something. Her silky hair is drawn up into a sleek French twist and she carried an armful of long-stemmed roses against the bodice of her strapless, full-skirted white dress. So, like, it's a very dramatic look. It's a very kind of 
Grace Kelly kind of <laughs> sounding yes. dress that she has on her there. Um, and then when Paula inexplicably turns up at the Wakefield house the following day after everybody's found out that she's a big liar, uh, she walks in wearing a white silk blouse and faded oh. body hugging jeans. And it's like, you know, she's fully taken on the uh, the part of a Sweet Valley girl in her white I, silk blouse because there's no better way to fit in. I was surprised <laughs> that they still rejected her even after seeing that. I thought, well, it's got the uniform, lads. Even with the white silk blouse, it still wasn't enough <laughs> to endear her at that stage. She's out of there. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, is, well, I was going to say, is that it? That sounds like there wasn't a feast already. But uh... that, I know, no, that was pretty good. The only thing I will say is I would have loved to get a bit more detail on uh, Jessica's Lady Macbeth outfit, but we didn't really get any descriptor on that, unfortunately. Mm. But you know, if, if if you're finding it hard to picture, there are <laughs> there's a whole episode of the TV show where Jess runs around the place dressed like Lady Macbeth being an absolute nightmare on stage and it's very funny. It is very funny and Winston is Macbeth in that mm. one but uh, he he is playing a leading role which is pretty impressive. He is in tights actually so you could just he picture is. him being Banquo. <laughs> <laughs> and as you said earlier Lila was a witch so she was it all fitted in perfectly. Yeah. Well listeners let us know what you thought because we always love hearing from you and um, you can, of course, contact us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at SVH Podcast. And uh, you had many, many thoughts on last, <laughs> on last week's episode. Oh. Um, <laughs> Steffi Barra pointed out basketball is the second most popular sport in Spain. So she goes BS on there being no basketball in Santa Doria, Dora, and as do we. Absolute fair. nonsense. Absolutely fair. <laughs> uh, OGW Nostalgia <laughs> referred to Liz introducing uh, Todd as her special friend and said, Elizabeth, are you a middle-aged single mother introducing your kids to your fuck buddy? <laughs> <laughs> um, both Pippi Ann Shirley and uh, Hallow Alley, uh, uh, respectively a Canadian and an Australian, were both very uh, supportive of Dana's first third of the book stance. As Pippi Ann <laughs> said, I also assume Satadora is rather unimportant on the global stage if this guy has time for several days to race looking for chicks in Sweet Valley. <laughs> Halawani pointed out this book's plot was very similar to that of Princess Diaries 2. Maybe Genova and Santa, Genovia and Santa Dora could establish some sort of trade relationship so their entire population is held hostage by the whims of the rich. <laughs> I mean, Neri Siren pointed out this is basically a teen proto-Hallmark movie. It's mm. even set in the same country that's totally not just England, France and Italy in a trench coat. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh God. Um several people, by the way, pointed out who Dana actually looked like on the cover, and they are right. Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, I do see it now. Just yeah. in my head, I was on a full Kate McKinnon buzz, but yes, she also does look like a young and blonde. Mm. Elizabeth Moss I will concede that point I mean I should have noticed that because my household we are doing a big Mad Men rewatch totally recommend nice. doing by the way and okay. I am seeing young Elizabeth Moss every night practically yeah. <laughs> then you would know oh also actually on Twitter at E.E. E. Faulkner got in touch to say that yes there is a movie where Shatner speaks Esperanto <laughs> 
a screenshot of like YouTube where it's like the search was literally Esperanto movie William Shatner and there's like loads of clips. So it was a movie from 1965 called Incubus and there's a whole bunch of clips of it there and it's all like Shatner speaks this es- speaks Esperanto scene like amazing. Oh. I didn't imagine it or (laughs) dream it in some mad fever, but uh, that is a real thing that happened. (laughs) Well, speaking of fever dreams, uh, a lot of people were defending the croissants and seafood combo. Uh, Look, apparently this is a thing that you do over in America and (laughs) we hate it. (laughs) I mean, like, yes, on the in Europe, I've seen many a... ham and cheese croissant but no, that's as far as it goes that is truly it if you're putting something in a croissant that isn't jam it's mm. ham and cheese or butter, uh, yeah. yeah but like that's about as far as you go in terms of sandwich but like a full-on seafood salad no, into no. the cro- like apparently this is just a thing and yeah. it was a very well someone did point out i think it was uh erin on twitter did say that the party lunch menu uh would be something perfectly normal for the golden girls so okay oh. it was like something that older ladies might have had as their fancy lunch but like uh, she also tagged it like <laughs> hashtag church ladies hashtag bridge club so like that's the kind <laughs> of vibe i guess it might have been at the time but yes absolutely uh, i guess acceptable <laughs> for some <laughs> lunch is I- like using a croissant like like a sandwich it's I'm like just tuna no oh god why no, I, can't. I just can't I can't it's see very, it it's very distressing and mm. it's one of these things that we have learned and I think wish that we hadn't <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of uh international um Linky Lou said I wish there was an upcoming reference to the wedding portrait of Prince Arthur and his new Princess Tracy in a future book any friends who needed time at SVH to even prompt thought of a changing archaic tradition totally folded as soon as he got home Dana Larson forever the one who got away <laughs> <laughs> oh, now speaking of Santadorian tour uh, to customs, Liz makes it pondered this question: Did Prince Arthur spend his whole world tour going to school in whatever country he was in? Good point. Yes. <laughs> like, what was he doing? <laughs> she also wondered: Is the Padding Canning Empire built on canned clams? <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, now, some of you had comments on my Santadoran accent, to which I can only say, Gracias, gracias, <laughs> merci, and thank you. <laughs> the reviews are in, and they're amazing. Ah, <laughs> oh, gracias. <laughs> uh, oh, enjoy... <laughs> uh, merci, mes amis. Oh god, I did like how Laura Kate Diva uh, commented to say that she teaches high school drama and this accent is dead on when 16 year olds are trying to play a vaguely European character. So you yeah. nailed it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going for. So good. They're my, my acting idols. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, well, listeners, uh, do keep your comments coming. They bring us so much joy. I frequently mm-hmm. laugh out loud. Um, when reading them so uh do keep in touch and yeah share your thoughts on uh, not only she's not what she seems but like we've got a lot coming up there's just two more regular <laughs> books and then we're crossing the line into crazy town and oh. <laughs> then it- it's all bets are off because shit's getting real oh or- my <laughs> god 
Um, I mean, I I just read ahead. I was checking my Kindle to make sure that they do have um, most of the the books in the prom thriller miniseries. They do not have a night to remember. Just in case anybody wants to read along, you're going to have to do what I did and buy a second hand copy online. <laughs> Panic but, buy on eBay. <laughs> uh, but. Kindle did suggest to me one of the vampire books, which I have never read before. And I don't normally skip ahead on Sweet Valley. I am reading along with the series, but holy fucking shit. <laughs> if we we ain't seen nothing yet. Like, really? We ain't I guess from this like I, I do enjoy how my WhatsApp was basically hopping all that week with Anna sending me screenshots of lines from that book because it sounds fully insane but it's also kind of good to know that we're not going to peak with Margot things only get more fucking insane from there so don't worry mm. in case you've been uh, in case you're someone who didn't read past the Margot storylines uh, it gets nothing but wilder from then on so. it really does and I think there's going to be quite a few that neither of us have read from now on because I haven't definitely. read this whole trilogy and uh good lord <laughs> I could not I could not stop oh <laughs> I'm God. staying up late to finish them I never thought I'd say that about a Sweet Valley book <laughs> but uh yes listeners do not worry we will have a lot more excitement in store hmm. but if even the prospect of of Jessica falling in love with a vampire who turns everyone in Sweet Valley into a goth. <laughs> if uh, if that isn't enough to keep you ex- going between episodes of um, Double Love, you can get us in your ears every single week if you sign up to our sorority Pi Beta Alpha at Headstuff Plus. Absolutely, yeah. If you head on over to headstuffpodcast.com, you can sign up for as little as five euro a month uh, to support this show and this <laughs> absolute nonsense that we're putting out now every week. So yeah, if you sign up, you get access to our bonus content, which is of course uh, our PBA series where we're recapping the TV show and just having the most gas time with it. Like, oh. honest to God, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, so you'd get a bonus episode in the off weeks between Double Love episodes. So it's a weekly dose of, of Sweet Valley High. And I mean, really, what could be better than that? <laughs> I mean, as we said earlier in this episode, there is a, a scene in which Winston is forced to vogue at gunpoint. Honestly, you heard that correctly. Truly, we're barely holding it together in these episodes at this stage because the episodes are just getting more and more chaotic the deeper into the series we go. And it's wonderful. It is. So, yes, as you said, you could sign up for as little as five euros a month um, at, uh, at Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcasts.com. And we will see our Pi Beta Alpha sisters in the clubhouse next week. I don't know if we'll top the flashback Wake Wakefield saga esque book of last episode, <laughs> but we'll we'll do our best. Uh, but we will see you all in the main feed in two weeks, unless we have fainted away altogether by the heat. <laughs> when we find out what happens when Annie, uh, a mysterious, glamorous New Yorker who is the most, as we said, relatable character Sweet Valley has ever seen, become. Stepsisters. Oh my goodness. See you then, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.
Ready to elevate your fall fashion? Target's new limited-time-only fall designer collection with designers Kika Vargas, Laleen, and Sergio Hudson isn't just about great style for all. It's also all about great styling. With so many ways to style them and wear them, the collection's versatile designer pieces are meant to mix and match and become new staples in your wardrobe. Get a sneak peek of the new looks by exploring the fall designer collection now on Target.com before it drops October 9th. 